Hey, it's a Spinner Rack. We're back. More audio commentary for you. And now we are delving into 20th Century Fox's X-Men. Why do I say 20th Century Fox's X-Men? Because I don't want to confuse this with anything that Marvel has done for those people who want to overlap. These are two totally different franchises from two totally different companies. But hey, before I start rambling on, I'm Calvin Ellis and... Hey, we got Petey, P-Money, however you want to say it, Prime Minister, we're here. And um, this move, this is um, this is still produced by Brian Singer, but they've gone a slightly different direction, trying to get into the history of Xavier and, um, and Magneto, or Eric, or Magnus, or Eric Lenzer, whichever one you want to say it is. But, um, oh, they'll be writing all the time, but anyway... Excuse my other friends are going to be while we're play, doing they're going to probably be chiming in with their comments about the Star Wars <laughs> Star Wars trailer. Yes. Just we're going to go we're going to go with God and keep going. For those of you who wanted to know what that screaming was in the Matrix, that was the cat. <laughs> the cat is still here. <laughs> She's sleeping right now, but you know she may come through a little bit later. All right. So, well, one of the things that seems to have been sacrificed with. The X-Men films is we never really got a vi we got a villain out of Magneto for the first film and it wasn't as good of a villain that Magneto could have been because they decided to make Magneto I hate to use the word relatable but they wanted people to empathize with him so instead of being the you know leader of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants he's a Nazi hunter and who in the hell is gonna be angry at somebody for hunting down Nazis at the end of the day so that's one of the things that we're getting but we're also starting with first class because since the X-Men franchise decided to do something that was a little bit different, X-Men franchise decided to go back in time, which is straight from the comics. They go back in time, they go to the future all the time, create alternate timelines, all of that sort of stuff. We're actually starting with first class because it does work, and then we can work our way going from there. But again, we, everything we're getting right now, Magneto's a sympathetic character, and we're going to get to see him interplay a little bit more. Well, this also plays into how Chris Claremont was writing him. The, you know, this place he was young, and then his, power, his powers wasn't necessarily working the way they're supposed to work. But then, the, what we get into right now is Xavier, and we have a young Xavier, and there's going to be an odd scene that really says this is not the same universe as the other X Men. Right. You Don't know, worry, it's it's not the same universe as the Wolverine films either. <laughs> Okay, the, did you see Logan? Well, I mean, it's like in most movies, you can the people just say, I'm the director, I want to add some things. And then they decide, wait a second. Well, I mean... This, no, this was, a, this was an interesting scene here. This was an interesting scene here because it's unexpected. But it changes basically everything. Yeah, be, because it has nothing to do with what... That kind of happens when you go back in time mm -hmm. and you decide you're not going to try to line up things that have already come forward. Yeah. I mean, we get to see, well, hopefully we get a chance to discuss this in future commentaries, but if you saw the last film with the uh, X-Men Apocalypse and we see Storm there, there's no way that that Storm that we mm -hmm. saw in that film can become the one that we saw in X-Men. That Storm right there is much more powerful than we ever saw, the, you know, Halle Berry Storm to be number one. And number two, there is never any mention mm -hmm. of any of that stuff. This is just something that has to be mentioned. Yeah. So then, you know, Mystique comes in. And let's and hope this is not... I don't understand. Hopefully this clothes is kind of weird right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully there's some clothes that she can alter. She has, what's her name, Unstable Molecules... And we're not seeing a, a nude mutant. 
Because it'd be pretty weird. But it's okay when she's an adult. Then she can run around with the, with <laughs> hey, the, with the pasties on, on right? It's like, um... No, it's supposed to be, this is just who she is. That's, okay. you know, she's closer to like a cat. A cat doesn't have to wear, you know, trousers. You know, they just have their own, they have their own suit on. So that's pretty much how it goes. That's where they were going with her. And this not, is not the comic... Not Rebecca Romaine. And this is Rebecca not the comic Romaine. book... <laughs> comic book mystique is all. The comic book mystique wears clothing. Yes. They decided to do this for, you know, for the films. But again, when we're introduced to mystique... Mm-hmm. In X-Men, she's a villain. Yeah. Well, the other part about this is that this is what um, the, the X-Men comic book struggled with is because Xavier was, um, no, who's it? Magneto was turned to a child and then brought back to his 30s. Right. Xavier, having them be contemporaries, changes the whole dynamic of, you know, was Xavier back, when did they meet? If <laughs> You know, did he meet in the 50s or 60s? And then that Logan movie. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you got that. But Did you see Logan? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, well, this is the other thing of... This other character... Well, I don't know. Because now we don't know what we're getting because we're getting... We're getting Sebastian Shaw, Shaw here... That's that, that's not Sebastian. I don't, okay, it's they did not, it for, they no no no. I, that's him in the film. Okay, but if you look, I'm not the biggest <laughs> X Men fan. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. not. I find the X Men to be incredibly annoying. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. just too many mutants. They're not really superheroes. I mean, you already have the super. The Marvel universe is much more cohesive than the DC universe. Mm-hmm. It is. It just is because it was always cohesive to start with. With the DC heroes, it was more like they had everybody operated in their own universe to a, a certain extent, and they didn't really. Even when they were like in the Justice League, mm-hmm. it was kind of like they were visiting each other from different universes. Mm-hmm. But the Marvel, you, you know, you could be see Thor fight Loki and Spider-Man would be swinging overhead. But the X-Men somehow always seemed to operate in their own universe to a certain extent. And there were so damn many of them. And why would everybody, everybody loves Captain America and mm-hmm. everybody, you know, loves Thor. But they hate these other guys who have superpowers because they were born with them. Mm-hmm. I never believed it. But the X-Men are still, look... They're one of the biggest draws of Marvel Comics. It's very hard to be a comic reader and not know what's going on with the X-Men or have read some of the stories. And I did get to read, uh, you know, the stories where they're captured by the Hellfire Club and Wolverine has that, you know, well, everybody loved the showing, even though it didn't really work out too mm-hmm. well for him in the comic. But you get to see them. So, okay, that's Sebastian Shaw. This right over here is not only some retcon of everything that we saw before, but it's not Sebastian Shaw's character from the comics. Yeah. This, is some, this is a totally different villain with the name Sebastian Shaw. So if that's the case, well, why don't you just create a new villain? The movies are like that. I mean, they're going to just say, here we have a character, here's the name. And this, is, this also is a bad... Uh, There's a couple of bad scenes with Magneto because he has his power, but he's still being manipulated. Like, it's an intense power to have. And, like, why, you know, same with Chris Claremont when he did it, it's failing at weird parts. So it has to be brought out of him through this pain. And ultimately, I think they sort of did that with the Deadpool movie of introducing the mutation that way. But it's well, that, like, that gives him a motivation to hate this guy. But okay? well, it's, it's so it, it gives, set up. I know, it's but, you know, that, that's the that. whole idea. This is supposed to happen, so he has this memory, and then this will, this will make him the champion Nazi hunter that he is later. And who's going to hate a guy because he gives you a piece of a chocolate bar, right? He's got to shoot your mother. That's, you know, come no. on. You, you can't hate somebody who offers you chocolate. Okay, he shoots his mother. What do you do? He, shoots, he shot your mother, he shoots my mother. Who do I kill? Charles Xavier? I kill this guy here. I kill Sebastian <laughs> Shaw immediately. How? I can't. My powers don't work. You know, he, his powers seem to only work due to some sort of intense reaction. And Why? now, of course, they're going to work. But, what? yeah, of course, he has to crush the belt. 
Because he can't kill Shaw. But he ki- why can't he kill Shaw? Uh, because he has to kill Shaw later. That's, that's <laughs> completely ridiculous. Like, I'm going to kill these guys. Why not kill him? Or reveal that Shaw can withstand the power because he absorbs power or whatever he does in this movie. I don't know if he has... I don't remember if he has that power, but we'll find out later. And would but you have ever kill, thought... Would, kill him. He's would, not killing him. Yes. Kill him. Hey, excellent point. Kill him. That's what I... And that's where it took me out of the movie. I'm uh, like... And I throw in the same disclaimer that I, I did with well, I some didn't. other films. I actually enjoyed this film, but that's not a good scene. Okay, that's not a good scene Did for him to... Did you think it was good when you were watching it, though? No. <laughs> that's what I want to know. No, but when you're in the theater and you're sitting down, especially when you're sitting down for the first time, is it entertaining? Yeah, it was entertaining. You know, we... What is the biggest thing we're supposed to do? They're buddies now. Oh, goodness. Look he, at that. He just shot your mom. That's, that's bad writing. Yes, very much so. Very much so. But we but got when you're a supervillain. The- we got a supervillain in. Um, when, we're, when we're in the theater, what do we do? We turn off the right brain. We stop, you know, really paying Not attention. Always. And then what do we do? We just like, hey, we suspend disbelief. And if we're being entertained enough, we just go with it. I, but, as in this movie, when we get to the hotties, then you start to shut the brain off. Then the brain shuts off just a little and you say, okay, I'm going to move on. Well, part of it is like we're making, okay, as viewers, what are we doing right now? We're making predictions. Okay, we're being posed with some oh, questions. No. We're making predictions, and X we're going to get... coin and the swastika? A little <laughs> close. A little close, everyone. Okay, and then, of course, that, well, that coin is going to come into play later. This, will, this is almost a, like, Hitch, like a Hitchcock-type thing. Where, okay, we see, everything that we see has to be used for something later on. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this is another thing. This is another diversion of the story. Magneto has white hair. This is a sign of his mutation. And this is something that the single movies have thrown out. Of course. The hair color. Just the look at look at him. That's Fossbender. Fossbender's like, I'm not he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, are you kidding me? Look at this healthy head of hair over here. Look, you know? and he, why is he thinking about killing him now? And he should have done it back then. I, I can't argue with you. I, I cannot argue with you. It's it's poor writing. It it is. Now did you like, did you like the casting for Charles Xavier? This no. is young Charles Xavier. No. Okay. He's got a head of hair no. on him. No. Right? He's using no. his power to read minds. He's macking chicks. No. I know you like this. No, I know you like this. like this. Xavier can get chicks, power or no power. And right. the other thing is that the sign of his mutation is that he goes ball in high school. See, Professor Professor C A wants to be called B X, but I'm not doing that. Professor C A <laughs> over here would say, no, he's abusing his power. He's abusing his power. Like, no. He's using little tidbits of his power to make himself more appealing to the opposite sex so he can smash. I'm all for that. Now, if he was using it and she was still not receptive and he went further, then that would be a problem. But that's a totally different discussion. Professor C.A.s knows exactly what I'm talking about. I, I say, I don't, I mean, the thing is that way Stan Lee had it is that he did use his powers as far as in, in competition. But, I mean, I'm not bothered by this. I'm bothered that he has a sister now that, um... It's hot. Yeah, and then he's just like, I understand, she's like a pet. It's like, I'm hanging out, I got two hotties here, and somehow I've decided that this one is, I don't know. It's more going to develop later, but then we don't know that Jennifer Lawrence is going to become Jennifer Lawrence all the time. She's going to be in every movie. Every movie, we're going to lose the fact that this is was a character actor and someone that was fun to see. Now we, we always see Jennifer Lawrence. 
You know, so right here, I wasn't out of the movie as far as this. I just, what's the, why is he up here? I don't know if I even recognized her from anything else before this. This might be my introduction yeah, to Jennifer Lawrence right here. After, there. next movie, if we get to it, who is it? And she has a, a bigger role than anyone else in the movie. Well, yeah, she became a much bigger star thanks to that bow and arrow, that bow and arrow series she was a part of, and every other thing in the mop movie and this. It's like they pick someone. Whereas Rebecca Romaine, when she was Mystique, you just thought of Rebecca Romaine and Mystique. That's it. I didn't even think of. To be honest, I didn't even really think of Rebecca Romaine because she spent almost the entire time in costume. Yes. I don't. Do we even see her once? We do. That was a powerful scene in the Last Stand. Is when no, not last then in, in the first X Men movie. Did we see her? She walks through. She walks in. She because she was a, she works for the government. So right, she but, has but black but, hair. But, but you know, did she ever look like herself, blonde like she normally does? Did she ever no, look no, like? No, no, because she because um, she played Raven was a dark home, so she has dark hair in the movie. That's what, again. She was, and Rebecca Romaine is not you know the world's greatest actress or anything, but I thought she totally surrendered to the character. Well, wait a second. Did a good job. She's got problems with this face. What's wrong with you? That's not Xavier. That's when the movie's over. Well, Xavier can have some problem with the. I mean, no. he, well, okay. Xavier. So, how, oh, wait a minute. Okay, so what we're you're going by? Xavier already has these qualities innately within him. He doesn't grow into becoming grow Xavier. Into, he, grows he doesn't into grow into him by by the time he finishes high school. He's in college. When he's out in the when he runs in the storm, I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push the devil's no, advocate for the people no who want to do the devil's advocate. Here. We're allowing Xavier, okay, what? to have some of the peccadilloes that the average person would have. He's gonna abuse his power just a little so he can mac chicks. But this douchebag, he's doesn't. not gonna be. He comfortable. already accepts mutants as they are. Not Xavier. Yeah. Okay, you win. You got it there. <laughs> <laughs> the bad guy can't be better than the good guy. That this is the biggest thing of having. Xavier have the issues and have Magneto be the one who's the more the freedom fighter. It kind of ruins because Xavier has not a dream but a mission. He's training mutants, and then when the evil mutants come out, he's taking them out. But uh oh, so here where, we go. Here we so go. We got where, another scene. And we got the gold. So we got symbolism here. Do you know, like, do we got some symbolism going of what Magneto is going to do to what's this? The, what's the symbolism with the gold, other than? What's the symbol of the gold? Other than it's got the Nazi symbol on it. That's what I'm saying. The money, everything that's stolen from the, you know, the, the whole torture of the, you know, of the, the Holocaust. Of taking the people to businesses. And it's, it's a long day. I don't want to get into it. It's too much. All right. So, and this is another criticism that I've had of the X-Men films. This, up to this point, this mm-hmm. is not a super, well, you know what? It's not going to be a superhero film. This could easily, mm-hmm. you could easily have Mystique and just have her be deformed or born, you know, yeah. you know, you know, really nasty looking, and we could pretty much carry out this film. He would just, this could just be a guy who's incredibly talented, was mm-hmm. trained to hunt down Nazis, and we would be all right with the story. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the problems I've had with the X Men films for a long part. They don't have the fun, they don't have the the color, the vibrancy of the Marvel films. These. They did such a lot of work to ground this in reality, if you will, that any of the stuff that would make it lighter just doesn't translate over. But it doesn't work for the films overall? Yes. You know, does it work? You know, fine. I think people come to expect it. Days of Future Past, I thought was really good, but that was like the high point. That was the high point for them. But all of what we're seeing right over here, it, there's very little comic book going on right here. This right, well, this is also the sell. To this is the boys the of summer. This is the sell to the streets. 
to the streets of like, I don't want to see any cop, you know, popcorn, something or another with people running around in costumes. And this is saying, oh, he's connected to the Holocaust. This character is connected to this. So it's like, oh, I can buy into it. Then when they get an outfit, it's like, yeah, okay, I understand they got to get into an outfit, blah, blah, but yes. this is grounded. But, and the bigger problem with it is that by grounding it in this particular mm-hmm. way, Magneto is the, I hate to yeah. say it, he's the more likable character. That's the problem. He's hunting down Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> he's, the, he's the more likable character. And even up to the point, to be quite honest, everything that he does in this film, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, was the right thing to do. He, he comes, he but takes the, out all the people. All, he so takes stilted. out all the Nazis. It's all stilted his way. So that's the other problem of the writing. They didn't have to stilt it all to Magneto, so then we don't want to become X-Men. Hey, we finally got Burn in there. And it's Roseburn. Roseburn. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. Burn. Oh, we got January. She comes January Jones. And she comes in, and I think the problem is, is that the Good part... Talk. <laughs> the part isn't written well. People were just down on her at this point in her career. But they could have done more. But we get what, a little what, bit what, of... What, um, what, of what, the, sorry. Of what, the Hellfire Club going on. Something that we've... Um, this is not the Hellfire Club. This is not the Hellfighter Club. This is this is as close as I guess they wanted to to mm-hmm. get to. And then of course they didn't want to, they they made it in the '60s, so it's supposed to be more like the Playboy Mansion, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day. But it's not the Hellfire Club. The Hellfire Club is supposed to be this times ten. Mm-hmm. Right? They well, had to keep it tame for the comics because these were kids, you know, reading it. But the Hellfire Club is supposed to be supercharged, and this looks like. Well, they didn't. I mean, they didn't go for. They, I guess, they couldn't go for everything that was in the the British Avengers. You know, this is. You know, could be a little better, but I mean, it's got it got some elements of it. I'm not out of this, and we have Rose Byrne walking around. I, you know, yeah, I think around. they should. They, I think they could have tried to have her have the accent. You know, for Moira Attacker? Yeah. They, no, they could have tried that. I don't. I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Well, she already has an accent. Yeah, I could have used that one, but even though it's not the same, but... No, Moira <laughs> McTaggart has a beautiful lilt to her voice. That's the way I've always heard it. She doesn't have an Aussie accent. I'm willing to tolerate the American accent simply because well, it sounds know. good. They, they, she can, I mean, make the actors do... do um, what is Mc, Moira... She's doing an accent right now. She's doing an American accent. Why can't they have her do a Scottish accent? Because Why she not? probably can't do a Scottish no, accent without know. sounding like That's Shrek. I don't know. Like, ah, you beastie here. Get in my belly. That's probably what she's going to sound like. So they didn't do it. But she, but she did one thing better for us, and she's walking around in her bloomers, which I think she did very well. Oscar-nominated performance. <laughs> but that was something else with January Jones. Come on. We waited, to see the, we waited to see the White Queen, and then the outfit that they put her in, to be mm-hmm. honest, was not very flattering at all. Well, it's bad. The problem is that they don't, if you're translating it, make it better. If you're going to add like the Spider-Man costume, they added something to it in the first ones to say, uh, let's, let's, you know, let's like make the webbing actually a little bit higher than not part of the fabric. Raise it. Raise it a little. And it's like, add something to it and make it better because it's like you have, I mean, I would think anyone who's already a designer looking at the comic page and like saying, how can I have fun with this and how can I keep it and make it better? Now this is not a mutant, whoever this guy is. He isn't that the no, no, that's the other. Film. No, he is one of. Uh, this is the X Men films. He is one of the nameless mutants that you will not find out about until you go online and look it up. 
Meaning that you will not be able to identify him simply by his powers, by his look, especially since nobody's wearing any outfit. Yeah. Okay? You're never going to be able to identify him. And this is another reason why these films, why the mutants annoy me. Because you can just throw people in there, they do something, like, okay, mm-hmm. and then someone comes up, oh, that was so-and-so. Like, what? That was who? Yeah. That was what? There's just so many of them. And without even the, the slightest bit of something to make them recognizable, like, hey, it's just a big hodgepodge in them at the end of the day. That is a horrible outfit. <laughs> horrible outfit. No, this... Alright, so this goes into a big, a huge issue for me because, like, what was it? They say Grant Morrison couldn't get Colossus, so he gave the White Queen a diamond hard skin. And what the, was the purpose behind that? Because she's supposed to be a telepath, so yeah. I don't understand what, where the other stuff came in. It just, like, let him do... You know, well, other thing... Well, I can't give all the blame to... Um, well, oh, God, here we got another. This, is, this character, came, he's late in the 2000s. Supposedly, Nightcrawler's father comes up. Nightcrawler's father? Yeah. Him and Mystique supposedly got together and had... So it was blue and red. So didn't Nightcrawler be purple? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of other... cat. I mean, it could have been Mystique and um, Destiny, you know? That Mystique is actually a man. That's what Chris Claremont originally wanted to do. Huh? What? See? That's where you go. There's a lot of morphing that Chris Claremont does. So I can't even fault Grant Morrison... For changing the power because Chris Claremont changed Polaris' power to being a tough, you know, tough empath, uh, empath, empathic strong girl. So it's like he always switched characters around. How did he? How did he do that type of stuff without fans? The readers just rebelling against it. I guess. I guess he was a much better writer than I could ever hope to be. Could we? Polaris has you know, she was magnetism, and didn't they change it back at some point? They changed it back because what's the name? Well, it didn't make it. They didn't. What's the name? For some reason, they had a character that name was close to um, Lorna Dane, Zaladane. So Zaladane switches power so she can become this human, you know, superhuman, powerful as, as powerful as Magneto. But Polaris never uses her powers as well as unless she's mind control, and then she has all her powers. So it's, it's too much to get into. It's too much to get into. But this, I just wanted to point that out that these characters pop up, morph around, and we can't even fault other writers for taking up. The same man taking the baton Chris Claremont created and switching these characters up. So now we're back and we got another, you know, Nazi hunting Magneto walking around. This is just saying he's the, he's the coolest, coolest mutant ever. Like he's stealing the whole movie right now. Yeah, There's, it's X Men movie, and it's all and it the, about him. Isn't right it now. a shame when it's an ensemble piece and it's so clear who the people really want to? Yeah. yeah, we bring all these people in, but it's all about you. Mm-hmm. It's all about you at the end of the day. Even though, even though I really did, I I like the scene simply because of the conversation he has with the guys when he's like, "Oh, what did you do?" And he was like, "Oh, I was a." You know, he was like, I was a tailor. What were you doing? You know, I was a shoe saying. He was like, what were you doing? He was like, oh, I was surviving because uh, my mother and father were killed by people who now call themselves tailors. <laughs> it's oh, just, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that portion. But I really enjoyed it because uh, he was speaking in German. And I just liked the whole... Uh, I thought he nailed the word Schneider very nicely. But that's just me and uh, my love of foreign languages at the end of the day. He's too damn likable. He's supposed to be the leader of the evil mutants. He's too damn likable. Come on, look at this dude. He's too likable. You want him to win. You want well, that's one of the things I think, even though, um, who was it, Neil Adams drew him handsome and that there's a scene in the Burn run where Burn takes the mantle and Burn made him evil, but he's also cool. And there's a point where he takes the mask off and classes punch him in the face and he's still standing. 
and it's like, and he's it's the coolest point, and you can see Chris Claremont thinking it's like, he he's not really a bad guy anymore. <laughs> you can see that shift right there because um, he looks so but heroic. Then it goes, it goes that lazy route because it's not so it's not heroic. It's the antihero. Mm-hmm. Okay, the antihero doesn't. The antihero is well, what even, every writer. What every writer wants to do, because they can do whatever they want to do morally mm-hmm. with that character. That character can do something nice and save a kid, but that character can also kill people, torture, maim, mm-hmm. do all of these things that we know we're not supposed to be doing. But they're the antihero, and we think it's and we think it's cool. The antihero also makes the hero look like a wimp at the end of the day, because where the hero is trying to adhere to some side of some sort of morality, mm-hmm. the antihero is like, no, I'm not going to talk to these people. I'm going to shoot and kill everybody. Yeah. Which is exactly the reason why you got in this position in the first place. Why? Yeah. Because the villain shot and killed everybody in the first place. Yeah. Well, it also made made Magneto into the X the X Men Submariner. He's a Submariner now. Like he had this tragic past, and then next thing you know, he becomes you know he becomes a on the fence. He's on either side. He's with the heroes. He's with the bad guys. Either side, he keeps hopping around. So that's one of the things. It's where you could see Chris Clemmer seeing stories that he liked and starts to pull them into the X-Men. You could see the Dark Knight Strikes Again. You can see a ton of this stuff being dragged into the X-Men when Magneto is, yeah. is he is Hitler. He believes he's the master race. Yes. He's, yes. Believes he's superior. That's exactly what wipe the, out. He wants to rule mutants. That's exactly what it was. Humans, that's exactly though, what it was. Okay, if you look at it, I mean, because all those, all those 60 comics have this definite lineage to World War II where they're coming out of. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the guys served in World War II. You know, when we look and we see Hydra and uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., all that type of stuff, the spy stuff going on, no problem. So here, I mean, in the comics it works because, again, this is... I don't this, think it works. No, no. In the comics, <laughs> Magneto was freaking Hitler. Oh, yeah, early, okay. yeah, early, in the yeah. comics, Magneto's freaking Hitler. And who's Charles Xavier? Charles Xavier is like what? He's like he's the FDR. resistance. He's FDR. FDR. Oh, that's right. He's in the wheelchair. Wheelchair, yes. FDR, okay? But he's the leader <laughs> yeah. of the resistance. We're going to go against these guys, okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to make certain that the world is safe for democracy. No problem. In the film, Magneto is taking down the bad guys, and Charles Xavier is macking chicks, and, you know... Yeah. he hasn't and, done and, anything and yet. And piling down drinks. He's totally... You know, come on! You know, this is supposed to be the guy... But... It doesn't matter because they kill Xavier's dream anyway in Logan. Did you see Logan? <laughs> yeah, so, well, we can't get... That's too much to get into to start this. But, you know, it's almost... For, mentioning it now, it's almost beginning and end. So, Xavier's running into his... Well, no, it's, it's also... From the comic books, he knew... You know, he went to school with Maura McTaggart. So, you know, that's the one thing. It's like, let's have her meet and have her be a government agent already. And that's the other bit. That's one of his earliest switches where... But what about Mara the relationship the two of them had in the... I mean, because... In the comics, it, he was, she was his old girlfriend, but she was the maid. She, you know, he's injured, so she comes and becomes the maid. And they had a problem because they had this big monster attack the X-Men. And she came with an M-16 and all of the pros and fans. Like, how does the maid get the M-16? Like, how does that work? And he's like, oh, okay, no, uh, you know, we messed up. And naturally, he's like, no, she's a... Genetic, you know, genetic physicist. Well, I, I can see why all this history. I can see why they're not going to make. I can see why they're not going to make her the maid, even though this is a period piece. They're not going to make her the maid. But, they got but, women walking around in 1960s undergarments. She could be the maid. She won't be the maid. She could be no. They've already changed her character. But just to point out, she was the X Men's maid who had a lot of spunk. She was supposed to be Banshee's 
Like Jarvis, know, the X Men's Jarvis or something. No, but you're supposed to be um, who's that love interest? Supposed to be Banshee's love interest with a history, right? Right, with right. Magneto, but, but then that, they—that's my introduction to her. That by oh, the time I, I meet her, you know, a lot of the backstory with her and Xavier, I had to catch up years later. But you know, I was always okay. Her and Banshee were an item, and that's how I just moved with it. Mm-hmm. So then we get to see what Sebastian Saw can do now. We Finally. got them, and. Oh, we, no. we also get to see that Sebastian Shaw looks younger now than he did back <laughs> in the 1940s. Well, they also, I think the writer or the director decided that mutants, you know, have this, don't age, you know, because the same problem that Xavier being, you know, well, that's what Chris Claremont gave them new bodies. He made Magneto grow, go from a kid to 30 years old, and Xavier got a new body, so we don't worry about if we got the new body. What was it when he was with the uh, the Shi'ar? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And he could walk for a little bit, and they took it back. Well, that they, I don't know. That's the, the other problem is that they they shipped Xavier off for five six years to never come back until Jim Lee said, "Why isn't Xavier in this book?" And they're like, <laughs> and Bob Harris like, "Finally, we got someone on the line. We can get Xavier back." They didn't know what to do with him. No, Chris Claremont didn't know what to do with him. He's like, I hate him. That's the thing. He's too much, and I can't shit on him. Excuse me, sorry, excuse my French. That's right. We can't destroy him anymore. This is the spinner rack. This is a clean show. It's (laughs) safe for children. We can't destroy him anymore, so we're going to take him out. So now, this is a point where Xavier is doing something that actually happened in the comics. Right. That he this I actually remember. This I actually remember. With the government, and the government's like, okay, you know, you can help us. So, but and that was the whole. That was the long term point I mean there was, there was some argument with some guys later I never believed it but they wanted to say that Xavier represented so like Martin Luther King and yeah. Magneto represented Malcolm X that's a load of nonsense okay mm-hmm. that's some postmodernist nonsense because I can't say anything else about it but that was never the case with these characters yeah. however in the comics Xavier it does you know mature into Xavier's dream that's a big part of it that mutants and human beings are going to be able to exist and this is really the foundation of that right here yeah. Where he's like, look, we're here, but we can help, we can do these things, mm-hmm. and proving that, look, we're trustworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, he understands that that step has to be taken. Some people would understand, well, why does he have to take that step? They have to get over the fact, like, no, the people who have an issue with you are never going to get over mm-hmm. the issue they have with you. You really have to take the first step, put them at ease, keep them continually at ease, because mm-hmm. one, they have the power to totally wipe you out if it comes down to it, okay? And two, they're the ones who are at fault, okay? The person who has fault has to be shown the error of their ways. So it's, the onus is going to be on the good mutants to come out over here and police everyone else who's acting up. So that part of Xavier's story, you know, I always thought was very compelling, was glad that it made its way over to the film as much as it did. Well, you also have to remember, Xavier's plan, even though he was interested in, in um, mutants, his plan was to do it by himself. Like, he was the strongest mind. He set out on a mission, walking and or traveling across the world to just take out... He could have done it by himself. This is yeah. a guy who shut off the entire planet once. You know, but then he ran into, you know, he ran into a villain that, you know, crippled him. And then he started to also enlist mutants and help them at the same time. So his plan is, his focus is, is almost direct from the beginning. Outside of his high school where he's... He has all these trophies and he uses his mind to help himself win against other people. Not against, you know, just knowing what the other person is doing, you know, in like competition, but he had to be that, that athletic to win. At the same time, you know, he, this tragedy happens and he becomes, you know, he becomes the lead, you know, he becomes the mentor of the X-Men. 
Because he's more, if you have to remember, he is a supporting character to the X-Men. The X-Men are the main characters. And he slowly pu- pulls out the book, but he comes back to help them. You know, that's how, you know, you can't, he's not going to be on missions all the time. He can be involved, but you can't. This is saying, yeah, just for one movie to do it, say we're going to have him only mainly about him. But now it's like, well, this also, going back in there, we have the White Queen doing what the White Queen should be able to do. She's using her mental powers. She's now, stopping Magneto. This, this is a, this is a good scene. It was a dumb scene. No, it's not. She should be able to do something. No, but no, because all it says this was more coolness points for Lynchard. This was that's all it was at the end of the day. All he didn't have to think. Is, come on, is cool he, we see his face. Him. We see his face come up out of the water. All of it, like it's cool apocalypse now or something. Yeah. Okay. Then he's sneaking onto the ship. What do you need to sneak onto the ship for? You're the master of magnetism. Crush the ship up into a ball he and kill know him. How to fly yet? He doesn't know anything. Crush it. Crush the ship up into a ball. You have yeah, a. You what? Are you, and then he takes a knife. Dramatic. He's no. got a knife. He's right. gonna stab him. All right, I gotta, I gotta explain this. I gotta explain this to Cal. Is that what's his name? Sebastian Stan is the coolest man on the planet. It's the '60s. He walks around on a boat. You don't crush his boat. He's Hugh Hefner. You don't. Yes, you do not crush his boat. You smash you, that you boat. You don't smash the boat. And then you take his girl you and you smash that. <laughs> He don't do that. It's a dumb scene. He's come on. This guy has all this power. He's walking to stab him in the heart with a metal knife. Shoot the knife at him. Shoot the knife at him. Come on. Also, the other problem is that you can also see this Xavier doesn't have the same shaped head. You know that his head is not going to work being bald. This actually, I still love that scene. I love what? that scene with the the trailer for X Men Apocalypse. When they finally show him with the shaved head and he's looking at, he's like doing that one where he's looking. Every time he does that, I'm thinking he's looking right at you. Oh. And he's like, yeah, that's right, Petey. <laughs> it finally happened. Petey. You're looking at me he's right like, now. Right. He's like, here, there he goes. <laughs> I, every time I would see that, I would crack up. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it finally happened, Petey. It finally happened. Lord. There's another mutant out there. Okay, so he could do there all that. Look at him. Look what he did with oh. the anchor. But he's trying to stab him with a knife. Come on. Look, look at the ship. Look at the ship now. Just cross the ship. Oh, now you can do something. Before you wanted to come over here and tiptoe in your tight black suit, you know, because why? It looks cool, but it was a dumb, it was a dumb no, movie. No, okay, we're in the movie now, right? So we're setting up the boat. We set up the boat. Well, I thought you were going to ask me, did I enjoy it when I was in the theater? <laughs> That's a totally different okay, question. Okay, did you enjoy it when you were in the theater? Of course theater. I enjoyed it while I was in the theater. It was cool. It was, it was cool. Oh, wait a second. There's a ship. Oh, can he stop this ship with his magnetic power? No. See, that goes into what you're saying. He doesn't have, the, he doesn't know how to control his powers that well yet. And that's going to be the oh, linchpin. That's going to be the linchpin between him and Xavier and Xavier later on. Because what is it? He does that move where he moves that that giant satellite dish. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then he realizes, okay, you know, really the limit on this seems to be what I put my mind to. But right over here, all he's doing is coasting. You know, Magneto that I know from the comics would have lifted that shit up in, uh, yeah. that ship up into the air <laughs> and flung it. <laughs> I know what it sounded like, but it was ship. It I was don't ship. know. We had two. We had two. Hey, that's that's the bad influence of, of, oh, of P money. Oh, look at this! Look at this! If anybody's asking look, where just, big, if I anybody just, wants to know where big business is, he doesn't do this stuff. He's too good for it. Oh, here we go. The first meeting, the hug. Oh no, no, he's he's stopping him. Let him die. Yeah, you be better he's off. He's taking too much of the movie right already. But it's trying to set out the bond that these two have, you know, and this friendship that comes out of nothing. They had these, just, you know, 
They like hanging out with each other, but they have views that are just not the it same. It was better in the comics. It wasn't. I, they, when it they was first, just as contrived in the comics, but it was better. It was better. Because you know what we got there? At least their philosophical differences in the comics made sense and was established early on enough no, that it, it shouldn't be a problem here. Xavier these these says, guys are like brothers by the time this is over. It's like complete yeah. betrayal in ex- at that point. In the, in, the, in the comic books, Xavier's saying, what's Magneto's origin? Possibly Nordic? Uh, we have no history of his... We don't know what his history was. Then he gets attacked by this alien, and then he's like, he has this whole new history with Magneto. And they just like working with each other, and... You know, they get attacked by somebody who can't beat them. Ooh, like by, it was a Baron Strucker who has, hey, another good scene. This was a very great scene. <laughs> we just walk totally out. cut. <laughs> what, happened to, what happened to Baron Bond Strucker? Forget that. We're in a good scene. It's a good Jennifer Lawrence scene. And we got Rose Byrne again. Okay. I see where you're at. Hey. So so whatever brings Rose Byrne jumps. Movie, Rose Byrne jumps you, in her little race. She shifts. Oh no! Here's the Blackbird. We got the Blackbird scene. Rose Byrne jumps up in a miniskirt, and we totally forgot everything about now, the universe we were talking about. This is one of the weird things. Now, this skinny guy who is Hank McCoy or Henry McCoy, this could possibly be an okay Cyclops. He's tall. Like Hank McCoy's more of a bigger sort of guy. Not yeah. fat, but he's a solid, muscular guy. Like that, an ape. But this, they sort of, sort of pushed it so he could be the beast, and it's like this is clearly, this is clearly a Cyclops character. I didn't have a problem with him as Hank McCoy because, from the neck up, I was like, okay, Hank McCoy. The rest of it, the yeah, that's just a problem. What's the name? Who's that? Who's our one of the our I mean, senators? Who's one of our senators? We haven't seen a good. We haven't seen. Look, there was uh, a comedian first. Who's that senator? That was a comedian first. Oh, Al Franken. That's Hank McCoy. That is what he looks like. When a he was young, younger. When he was younger, yes. This guy is too thin, through too long. They should have cast him for Planet of the Apes with feet like that. <laughs> Let's stay on topic. Oh man, the feet are so hot. I'm, so messed, up. <laughs> I'm messed up too. So that's what Mystique's saying, not me. That's Mystique. So, but we have everything set up. Most of we're gonna see in the future. We have the Blackbird, which is you know the X Men didn't actually create the Blackbird, but you know. Now Hank McCoy. Oh no, my... it was a Spider Man scene. No. They snuck in a Spider Man. Well, scene. almost. And Hank McCoy <laughs> is one of my favorite X Men, only because his characterization. Was pretty. De- I like what they did with him. When he comes out, he's this really brainy guy, okay. And then well, he has that extra transformation, and he's like, "The hell with this! I'm just gonna be happy, go lucky, have fun." He, so I have more exposure to him, especially since he was on the Avengers as well. But I can't disagree with you. That does not look like Hank McCoy. <laughs> he he would have been a good Cyclops. The only problem is nobody wants to do anything with Cyclops. Cyclops is there because he's there. That's it. Cyclops is the first X Men. He's the first person. Gene, Cyclops. Gene Gray is. The no, person. that's another red guy. I know. I had to say it though. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> Why rea- would you say this when you know I will kill you? For the you? reaction. For the reaction. America, Uh-oh. you got to be here Look right now. We with got me. here. We got the helmet. And what does the helmet do? It's a little big. <laughs> it's a little big. He looks a little dumb. Put a little padding. Push it up a little. But it's the helmet. But why the hell is? Well, actually, when you'd have dis- to keep this helmet on all the time. You would have to wear this helmet to the toilet. You'd have to wear this helmet in the shower to to escape someone like Xavier. Xavier could literally just take one day, 
right? Zone out, and eventually he's going to get you. You're going to have, unless you're going to sleep, shower, everything, you can never take it off. Well, we also have to remember that the helmet was just the helmet in the, in the, in the original stories. And this one, is true. And one of the things that Magneto had was he was this, one of the, he wasn't as strong as Xavier, but he was a very strong mutant mind. They never had a battle of minds together. They had just meet in one of their earliest stories on the astral plane, but Xavier calls them to it. Oh, God. Everything just, like, they just go for effect in this movie. Mm. But anyway... Who did they steal the helmet idea from, though? I, I know what? you... Come on. You, you know, who did they steal the helmet idea from? The whole idea with the helmet and protects you from the psychic attacks. Who did they I steal it from? I don't know. Who come on, come on. You know this. I don't know who they stole it from. X-Men number 12. First appearance of... Who? Oh, you're talking about the, oh, the, the Juggernaut. Yeah, that's where they stole it from okay. because that was the whole yeah. big thing. The Juggernaut, could, he could be defeated by psychic attacks. Mm-hmm. So you get the helmet off, which I never quite understood because he's what? supposed to have this personal force field. So they couldn't beat him or, or well, shoot the actual him, bands, but, so, but the somehow bands, they were able the, to get the, the helmet off. The bands of course, was it? Was it? Sidorak. Sidorak. Those, that's what's blocking. It's not the actual helmet, but once you put it off. how do you get off, the helmet off? How do you get past... How is it that a bullet can't get past the force field, but your hands can get past the force field to get the helmet off? How how I'm gonna go I'm gonna go straight even further. How is Spider-Man able to hold on to the juggernaut when he can just drag him here and just throw him away? That <laughs> will be in one of our comic reviews <laughs> later on. Well, you know, this this relationship is going okay. This is going okay. And the fact that, you know, she's blazing hot in this movie is it also helps. But the other thing is that where it goes towards the end. But they've got a lot of setups. This, this location, this headquarters is pretty nice. And he's testing, he's testing mutation to go with what happened at the, when Beast had his soul story. Good grief. What a and block. It, what yeah, a block, man. Terrible. Oh, well. At least he got the sample. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Well, then he's like, he's coming and he's stealing scenes from everybody. Not just stealing scenes. Yeah. Now, here's what I always see. And that's it right over there. You're about to get, you know, you're about to lock one on. This dude comes over, shuts it down. He walks away. Why don't you go back for it? It's almost kind of like, oh, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's the, over. The movie, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's done. That was that moment in time and the ship is sailed. No, the ship is still in port. You know? And look at this. this look at, well, he's leaving. And Xavier should say goodbye, so he yeah. <laughs> so the movie can be back about the X Men. I don't know. This is it. This gets to a point where I mean, when I watched it in the movie, I was able to hold on, but now I'm I've watched a, a couple other X Men movies, and well, I'm so pre- tired. You got to pretend that you're back in the movie once more. How like it's many? The first day. This is the fourth. Movie about their friendship. Okay, this is this how many movies for about us, their friendship? For Not us, even if it's the first one. This is this the is Good it. Friday of Future's Past. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> okay, so we got to try to put it back where we were inside of the movie that no, day. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm in the movie. There's three stories already about Xavier's past with Magneto. Wait, what are the three stories? In the, film? First, the first movie okay, I'll give you the talks first about movie. that one. Okay. The second one has that in there too. Okay. Then the third one really has it because the last stand is a big showdown between Xavier and Magneto. Okay, and Magneto's I, using his student to and they can kill. They freaking killed them in there. I have a I have a tough time with the last stand for a really big reason, and that's because Every, it sucked. Everything that's in the last stand was set up from the Singer movies, regretfully, just a little worse. But it's all set a up. A little worse. 
No, I'm saying it's bad, but I'm saying that it could, doesn't help that listen, everything was set up there. So it's just as bad as everyone said. The last stand was so bad. But it would have been remember, bad. It would have been bad no matter who did it. I can only remember one scene clearly from the last stand, and that's usually how my mind works when it comes to films. The better the film, the more imprints I have on my memory. The worse it is, it's whatever. It's either the worst, whatever I thought was the worst scene mm-hmm. or the best scene of that film. And the only scene that I can recall is where he comes out and says, "Oh, it was the juggernaut. I'm the juggernaut." And that the was it. scene was okay, except yeah, for the part a, where such a waste. when Kitty Pryde throws him into the floor, and it's like, isn't the Juggernaut dead now? How does he stay solid when she puts him into the floor? But, like, but that's, nah, that's bad science, and this, there's going to be a lot of bad science in this one. That, just you wait. That's the big waste well, because they wait. throw so many characters into the film. Yep. Okay, they throw so many characters into the film. It's not an X Men. I mean, X. I'll give you the first film and the second film, and then after that, it deteriorates into just. You know, mutants all over mutants all over the place. But it's not good mutants versus bad mutants. It's a totally different storyline that we get right here. With you know, with Fossman is soaking up just about all the air out of the room, and then it'll be a competition between him and Jennifer Lawrence later on. But what would you? I mean, what if this was the what if this was the fourth film, and you had introduced the Juggernaut here, and the Juggernaut. Well, he's a different should. type of villain that they have to go. A different type of villain that they have to go against. He's like whatever henchmen are working for the government, if you will. Mm-hmm. But something a little bit different. So we don't, like you said, we don't have to once again see the relationship between Magneto and Charles Xavier. But why do we get to see this? Because they one every. What do comic books love? Comic books love the Alpha story and the Omega story. Mm-hmm. We all love the origin story. How did these guys get their power? That storm. What's that storm right there? Yeah, that storm. She's not in Egypt. <laughs> it's Cyclops. We He's come playing over. baseball. He already got the glasses on. Yeah, we love the story of how they got their powers, how they came to be. You know, we, we want to see all that to the point where they finally put on the suit and start swinging off. And then what we also love, we love the last story. Okay, we love the last story. That's why, uh, what's the name of that film again? Oh, that's right. Logan. But why, you keep complaining about it, why does the black chip have to be in the, in the strip club? What about all those other chicks who were in the Hellfire Club? That was, come on, this is different. No, it's not. It's the same thing. It's not the same thing. What's different? What's, what, what is different about it's the this? Same, this is almost the same location as that. They just changed the set that be a strip club. So you got a problem with her being in a strip club? I just wanted to say that. Okay. She's just a hottie. She's so <laughs> And they did underutilize her. I think she should, well, we'll, we'll get to the other film. I don't want to say anything. Well, but. Petey has a... Well, Petey, this is like two generations of hot for Petey. Because if you didn't realize... Oh, we don't know how many generations of hot this that that lineage of Lisa Bonet is. It could be many, many lineage. Right, this is, <laughs> this is the daughter of Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz. And if I didn't say it correctly the first time, Lisa Bonet. If, if you know who Lisa Bonet is, then you understand why it is that the daughter is so striking at this portion. But yeah, she was underutilized. But... This was was this her first know. film role? Um, I don't think it's her first. I don't think it's her first, but it's a big deal because it's you know her lineage and then the X Men film. It's like oh she made it, and you're like they didn't do anything with her. And this guy over here was totally just totally wasted. Another one, totally wasted. I mean, in the comics, he's supposed to be able to evolve to anything, so he should have never mm-hmm. been able to die. But not in the film. Yeah. Okay, and it's the '60s. So well, you can. So you can. Are you gonna say it? Or am I gonna say it? What you say it. Okay, it's the 60s, so the black guy has to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm t- one of the things in the, in the origins of the X-Men that Roy Thomas did was the struggle that all these mutants were having on their own 
that Xavier, or they were doing on their own, like Cyclops in the end, um, you know, Xavier helped them, Iceman, Cyclops helped Iceman, and then next thing you know, same with Angel, they had something they were going through, and this is one thing people miss with the originals, they act like, oh, they're just like four white, you know, the, the four white guys and one white girl, they had no struggles, like, the original X-Men all had some struggle, and then Jeans was added later on. If you look at the first story. Okay, yeah. important scene here. The one good scene in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that pretty much says it all. And almost aspired, um, who's that guy? Um, Neil but, but, Adams to do the first X-Men. Yeah. And his return to the X-Men, even though the art was getting a little better. Story wasn't that. But what was the problem? Because then we have Days of Future Past, and these guys see him again. So they're like, "Hey, I thought you got you didn't want any. I thought you didn't want any of this." And then he's coming in. That scene works, and it's fine until once again we're going back in time. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't going to be in that one. He just when the old Wolverine went into the mind of the young one. He goes and finds Xavier. It's never addressed though. It's just kind of like he shows up and he's like, "Hey, you're kind of familiar," and he's like, "Yeah, didn't you tell us to go screw up?" You know. It's never addressed. It's like, oh, you're here now. Let's just roll with it. Well, the other thing that if, when we go at one point with, um, who's the name? Hank McCoy. That connects The Last Stand and this movie. Because, like, the Beast is a former student in The Last Stand. And then now we see he's Xavier's earliest student. Was it the same actor playing him in The Last Stand no, or a different um, guy? The Last Stand is, um, wasn't Kelsey Grammer. Okay. Yeah, but he's older, so he's like he's in the government the same like this one. So it's like he has the connection with the government already. He's been, you know, the whole aspect of turning into the blue beast. All that stuff says that Last Stand is still real. It isn't wiping out Last Stand. Last Stand is still set up because of what they just did here. That's why you have Cyclops there. And you can have Beast a little later. But you can't. It's still alive. That's pretty sad because Last Stand is one the one film you should be able to wipe out and just forget that whenever. Look, if you're like me, after a while you say, "Look, certain films you just have to forget that film existed. <laughs> it, it just doesn't make any sense in the in the lineage of all the other films." Mm -hmm. And Last Stand, I didn't think really make too much sense at the at the end of the day. Another issue: Havoc is older than Cyclops. And we got we have where's Havoc. Well, Havoc's right there. Okay, okay. Yeah. Havoc is there. We have we just saw Banshee for two seconds, and then we got Nobody. Enjoy your screen and time. Hottie. These are these are the co real actual code names of these characters. I'm too cool for the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's look what he does. Wow, he's adapting to it. You look nasty. Wow. Did, did he really need to grow the gills? He could have just like. He has to. Uh oh. What's this guy going to do? And the truth about Banshee is that Roy Thomas wanted to make it female. Make her, the character female. And Stan said, no. Yeah. <laughs> and well, he, he, gets his, he, he gets his chance. Doesn't he get Siren later on? Yeah. And he said, look, they made Siren. And they're like... <laughs> oh, this is great. We're destroying property now, so... We're X-Men. It's like, here... All I am is, uh, what's the name? I'm just an effect here. So I just use these wings. And then they, she's also named Angel. What the? No. 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 Okay, these guys no. are just destroying property. <laughs> it's cool. It's fun. The whole thing, if you look at the original X-Men comic book, 
They destroy property all the time? Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm saying that they had, they struggled to get to this point and they were, it wasn't just a, I mean, I understand this is how movies are, so they have the banter, but I think the original X-Men had banter, but had them, you know, you know, you know, they were out there, even if they wound up to be in the evil mutant, they were out there saving mutants. But this one is like, we got all the time in the world, everyone. (laughs) We're just hanging out. We got powers. This right over here is supposed to set up everything that they can do for the audience. Oh, God. Okay? And does it work? I That's the know. question. That's what, the question. Everyone's just going to keep destroying this, this freaking statue? Why not? <clears throat> it's funny. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're sucking it in. Wow, looks like he has a hula hoop or something. Okay. All right. It's a hula hoop. It's basically like um, Superman, the jail in the Phantom Zone. It's called a lack of imagination. That's what it's called. As as opposed to a hula hoop. They didn't know how to... One, if you're familiar with the comic, Havoc's powers, like, come... Like, they push forward, like, out of his chest. That's that's usually the way that it's been going. Later on in this film, we'll actually see that he gets a device where it looks like, okay, he's going to be able to focus him out of his chest in that same way. That hula hoop effect over there to be makes well, it look silly. The in the in the comic book his power is completely uncontrollable. And then um Well that's everybody's power. It's uncontrollable. No, 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 they no, no, need I mean, like he didn't have any sort of there was no effect to it. It was just like emanating out of him like Cyclops emanated out of his eyes, whereas what's the name? Havoc just emanated from him. So the next thing you know, they gave him the who's the name? Um Larry Trash creates the outfit that channels his powers, but he needs it to regulate it or else he overloads and explodes and whatnot. So, And then, of course, now they realize that what they're doing is not right. Yeah. Now. Well, the other thing that I wanted to do uh, that's a good point of the X-Men is having some human characters in there. And this is what the X-Men do well. This is what Chris Claremont sort of moved away from. Like, it's always good to have these human characters. You're making it human versus, you know, it's not always human versus mutant. It's also keeping the premise of the X-Men, which is feared and hated by, you know, the, the world that's sworn to protect. So you had the military at times that they got some issues with it. And then you have some humans, like, who was it, Stevie Hunter, that was in the comic books. And you have more, more oh, I don't know how to, I'm, I think I'm often by pronunciation, but you have Mora and you have all these other characters that, bring it home to us normal people who aren't mutants that they're out here to save us and help us and that sort of thing. Well, one of the things the film... I think the films got the whole hated part down. The feared part, no. They got, I mean, they got the feared part. You know, they did... I mean, the first one they have the Senator Kelly... Even though Senator Kelly in the comic book was... That, that's, quite, that's kind of like you're looking at them as a... You're looking at them as a possible threat the same way we would look at North Korea well, as a threat. We're not necessarily to, afraid you, of them as much as we understand. Look, these are, guys we're, these are guys we have to keep an eye on because they're unstable and they you know, will threaten our, quali- mm-hmm. threaten our quality of life. They'll threaten our way of life by ending it altogether. I never really got the people were afraid of mutants. You never really, I never got that scene where people come over and they're like, Play hey. in the movies? Yeah. Well, I mean, they have... Hey, it works. It works, but Xavier is acting like this is like Tuesday for Xavier. Like he can, <laughs> he's like, why is he like? Oh my God, I can't. It's just like this is like, basically, he would tell them to go the other way. If that, but remember, these guys—they're young. They're still getting no, into their powers. 
Okay, everybody's gonna get better. Everybody's gonna get stronger, and eventually, hey, it's a hottie. He's like, well, sweat. That's no. Oh, we're on a mission, right? Forget. Oh yeah, that's the. She's the villain. She's the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, look at that. No, oh, no. Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Can I can I use your binoculars? Oh yeah. Uh oh. They got that effect down. When we see two fingers against Xavier's <laughs> temple, we know what's going on. He's just checking her out. He's not Xavier. He's like, he's like, oh, ooh, jeez. Man. So, okay, they utterly wasted January Jones in this film. Well, January Jones is going to get the blame because everyone hates January Jones. The bad writing, like, yeah. Remember when everyone loved her acting? And no. then they, they started to hate her because she, I guess she got a big head. Then they wrote her character out of all these, these things that she's involved in. I, I, I know, I never saw Mad Men. Okay, so I know that's where she got the, you know, that's where she got the most, that's where she got the light from, and that leads to this. But in terms of her acting, this is the only thing I've really seen her do, and from what I'm hearing, she's a good actress, but it was totally wasted here. She's more of a, I won't say a lampshade, but she's she's playing a stock character. She's not yeah. playing Emma Frost. She's the, the, the femme fatale mm-hmm. hot chick, and that's not necessarily Emma Frost. If she had been mm-hmm. playing Emma Frost, that might have come over a little bit better. Uh oh! Look what's away! Happening here, look away! What's happening here? Uh oh! Oh God! Here's Magneto. Oh, good. Magneto great. has no subtlety to him. It's like everybody has to die. But why would these guys have to die? They're not Nazis. They're Russians. to show you that he's on the line. Look at him. No subtlety at all. I thought these scenes were better. No. I don't remember them. And no wonder. And again, the same thing. What does he need to kick this Why dude for? Why would you just use a, hit, him, hit him with the guns? Yes, the just guns, take the guns and smack him. See, that was good. Totally strike. And then he uses the gun, knock him out. Same thing right there. But then the scene right. right before, he's kicking people because they can't decide if he's Action Man or if he's Magneto. All right, I'm going to ask you a personal question. When you walk in the doors or you walk through like automatic doors, do you do a Magneto move? Do you have your own mag? I do a magneto move when I come to an elevator, acting like I'm using the power. <laughs> Why is he doing like this? Magneto is subtlety. It's uh, what? Oh, okay, okay. This, yes. Yes. Now this scene is a very bad scene coming up. This guy is every. He's always either a, a Russian Russian mobster. But for the non-Russian speakers, he just said, "What's going on?" Uh, this show, he's showing Cal showing off again. Oh, I'm a diamond. I'm diamond hard. Yeah. Here we go. What they? What are they gonna do to her? Can't raid your mind because I got the same powers as you. How can you stop her then? How can he stop this woman? We know how to stop her. Oh no. Oh, wait a second. She's diamond hard. Shouldn't be hard to the touch. Oh, God. And that's oh, the end. What what happened? So for all that oh, power, no. how did you get stopped? You got stopped because you were double teamed. That's how but you got stopped. She's diamond hard. Wouldn't it, if it's like set up like that and it's not smooth, wouldn't it cut? Oh, you're choking the diamond hard woman. How does that work? 
I don't know. That, but I'm just thinking about what you just said, the diamond hard woman, and it comes across as really oxymoronical. <laughs> oh my God, how did you choke a diamond? Like that, I guess. It doesn't make any sense. Oh my oh man, God, he's going to crack the diamond. The bed, the, the metal of the bed is... Oh. Okay, Xavier, get in that head. Here's... Get, get in her head, Xavier. Okay, well, I didn't know what he said. It was, I don't have to bleed that one out. It was, it was a safe one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what just happened here. Xavier. <laughs> wow, old school plans. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's looking get at smart. the camera. It's get hilarious. Smart. We got some get smart happening. Okay. I haven't said too much about his acting, but I love Kevin Bacon. That is a great... That He's is, a super Ke villain. Okay, he's a great actor. Right over there. That's, that's the type of scene that you want. That was just good. You can laugh at it and still understand why he's doing Lord. it. Okay, but that, he's that just, represents all the ego, that, the, the, maniacal, the maniacal he's part of the, the super villainous. villain. He's evil. And goodbye to January Jones. She's done for the rest of... Oh, until the end. And then we see her one more time yeah. at the end. Yeah, but she's That done. is criminal. This is criminal that she comes in, she's well, she, in all these scenes, she was totally and then wasted. she's gone. Again, she was totally wasted. I didn't, I didn't watch Mad Men, and I'm hearing that she's you know, a really well, good they, actress. They cut her out of Mad Men, too. Man, right. she must have really cheesed a whole bunch of people off. They, then they turned her fat. They put her in a prosthetic suit. They, 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 she got turned into like an uh, internet. She went viral. They did a joke about it. Like, they just... They turned her fat. They, you, okay, they, I guess one of these days I'll watch... No, you know what? I'm never watching No, you can watch show. it for the hotties. There's a lot of hotties in Mad Men. And this movie's gotten so bad that we've trailed off. Yep. We had a dramatic scene and we completely trailed off. Because it didn't matter. And they're in the fishbowl. The mutants are in the fishbowl. This is why... Let's go with what, what really happened instead of this. Because they're just sitting around doing nothing. Exactly. And they're the X-Men. Xavier is their mentor. I must disagree. These are not the X-Men. I know they're not, but the movie's called X-Men, so we have to say they're the X-Men. Okay, these are not the X-Men. These are... Oh, no! The kids are left alone. What could go wrong? Sex? Well, that should be happening. These two... Well, I mean, the, the two guys... Two of those guys are odd men out. Yeah. So the adapter guy well, probably going to get some... The time period for this film... It wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have worked. But today, those two guys would just be gay, and it would be a good, you know, just be a good parent. <laughs> oh man. Uh oh, this oh, doesn't look good. Teleporting. And Who he's does gone. That? Oh. Who does teleporting? Oh. Oh. You go from working for the government to being Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Now. What is, the, as an audience viewer, what am I supposed to feel? Why has he got the helmet on? Because he's got to keep wearing it now. Oh God. Like I told you, he's wearing it. He's never taking it off. And he's when too he, cool. When he goes to the toilet. No white guy was that cool besides John Kennedy in the 60s. Mm. Oh, James Bond? He's from England. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you equivalent that one. I don't know how you equivalent that uh, the spinner rack is equal opportunity. I'm joking. You know, equal opportunity. We love everybody. I'm joking. Oh. And. 
Uh, no, that effect has been used a bunch of times. Okay, but again, the multiple. But it's it, it's prosaic at this point because we've already seen him do this. Wow. We've already we we already know this character can absorb. You can't. That's not how his power works. He absorbs. He doesn't absorb it like he he absorbs the 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 kinetic energy that hits him. He can't control the whole energy and absorb it within him. He can in this film. Especially if he's being hit with the same and stuff that he is. He he's he's what's the name? He's Bishop. He's not Sebastian Shaw. That's what Bishop does. Hey, it doesn't matter. It he's, does. He, no, it doesn't. Look how cool he looks in that suit with the helmet on and the, and look, and the flames going <laughs> off behind him. Why is they're X Men? Fight. Mm, this doesn't look good. How do they know how to use their power? And the X Men don't. They've been hanging out with. They've been hanging out with Sebastian Shaw since uh, 1941 or Lord. something. So he's been able to train them. Oh gosh, I would say the teleport effect worked a lot better than X Two. Yes, but why did it work better in X Two? Because it was thought out. Yes. Th- cool yeah. There things. we go. There we go. And how much was this thought out? <laughs> but I'm understanding something now a, a little bit more with this film because Singer produced this film. And Vaughn was the director. If Singer had directed this, I think we would have gotten something totally different at this Singer's point. Singer's sitting back and saying, I, I want to make money off of another X-Men movie. Yeah. And they make money, so... I looked at the script, you know. He looked at the script. I mean, look, at the end he of the day... He would have done the, the same script. At the end of the... No, I don't think he would have done the same and script. And added more, added more topical references. Maybe some more topical references. Maybe a bit more creativity based on what I remember of the first two films. The last film we had with X-Men Apocalypse and Singer's at the helm of that, okay, what I thought was they didn't go far enough with some of the things that they had put in. That mm-hmm. they, they played it safe, they scaled it back, yeah. and then they wanted to... Uh, the comic book elements that they want to bring in don't work that early on. They don't make any sense. Here, I think if Singer had been at the helm, we would have gotten it's some... Fancy. We would have gotten a little bit more of a fuller... A, a fuller film at the end of the day. But the other thing I'm getting is that Vaughn is now being bandied around as the guy who... Want, they want him to... Oh, he should be the guy to direct Man of Steel 2. And, like, based on this... Okay, because well, Man of Steel has a whole bunch of problems that were compounded in Batman versus Superman. And it's still being bounced around the internet that somehow they're going to have a sequel. And then this guy gets denied. I'm like, based on this? It's this and one other film that I can't even remember. People the, like this movie. I don't like this movie. People like this movie. That's why he's getting banned. He's putting for again. I, I'm saying, hey, he the, brought back the franchise. I have to do the. He brought back the franchise. The franchise was fine. They only had one bad film at that point. It was. It was still very healthy. A franchise can survive a bad film without any particular issue. If you do, you leave this. You understand you're out of the movie. When you read that in the script, you're not in the movie anymore. Who, her or him? Yeah, she's out the movie. Didn't she make it to the next film as well? Or she this no, is no no that's right. She's done. She's, she's, she's done on a page of paper. She's like a little sheet of of the, who passed. And then who's gonna be sacrificed? Him. Of course. It's the nineteen sixties. He also has the worst power of the group. No, he does not. Yes, he does. He's able to adapt. Why can't he adapt? He looks it? like a twit when he does it. He's got those nasty gills on the side of his face. No. Then he looked like... If you like, adapt to any, you should be able to adapt to any. Then he was over there letting people hit him look like my pet rock. He deserved to die. Lord. 
Oh! See, that was a little bit better. And... Yeah. Sebastian Shaw's Bishop now. Oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> so bad. He's supposed to be able to adapt to it. Yeah, he's supposed Close to. Close your mouth. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm. Tasty. Mm -mm. Mm. No. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. Yep. He, he, he Look, he was adapting to it. So sad. But didn't but like trying, it. But they're trying to act like Alex did it. He should have adapted to it. Oh, this is so dumb. This was yep. That was I was completely. And it was out only. Now. It was, was only. Movie. It was, was only done. after the scene was over, and I was discussing the film with someone else, and he was like, "Oh, that's so and so." I was like, "That's who?" And they were like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, wait a minute. Shouldn't he be able to adapt to just about anything, unless you you have to defeat him like on a molecular, a molecular level?" Yeah. I was like, "So what happened over here?" I was like, "I don't know. 1960s." Uh, so at this point, I'm gone. I'm in a movie, and I don't know if I have any popcorn left. <laughs> but I'm out. It's it's done. You know, I gave it a shot, and then they ruined everything. And then the first X Men scene, because those are the X Men, they're not doing anything. Right, people of America, if you really want to find out if a film is good, sit down and try to do a commentary on it. Right, if you can just blaze, if you can just blaze on this film for you know an hour, two hours, because that was that strong of a film, it was great. Just talking about it. Well, the other thing is that this direction that. That um was it was it Matthew Vaughn has done connecting the X Men to history mm -hmm. really affected Singer because the next one is connected to history so it's like okay let's connect the was it the Cuban Missile Crisis let's have this and it's not this is topical this is going to be connected to something to make it real all this is happening even though they kind of push it a little further than it should but then we you know the people our family that were alive back then. Didn't get to see the crisis. So this could have happened. Yep. Well, they, didn't they show some pictures? But they only showed pictures that the missiles were there. They didn't yeah. They didn't go much further than that. I, I don't That's particularly... See, I don't particularly it. care for stuff like this because it makes them responsible mm -hmm. and too big and too important in the scheme of things in their world. And if they're that... Look, if these guys are going to be responsible for the missile crisis, then yes... You got to take these guys out. You can't. You got an X here. This is what you see. There's a little bit of X there. So. <laughs> Get a little X gotta, there. You got to look for it. <laughs> but yeah, lock them all up. You can't, you, you can't be in a foreign country firing off missiles. Mm -hmm. It's just not supposed to be happening. Yeah. So then this is supposed to give you the, what happened? We didn't know how to use our powers. So... We're all going to train to get better. Because somehow the villains are always up to speed. And they practice every day. They do their, they're working out. Yeah. Using their powers. But well, the X-Men... They, they are working out using their powers. <laughs> Look what these guys are doing. They're over here dancing on the couch, swinging from the chandelier. <laughs> all right. I, I stand corrected. They shouldn't have been partying. Okay. What did Eric Lynch... You know, not Eric Lynch. Sorry. Sebastian Shaw meets Eric Lynch. And what does he do? He develops his powers. He's like, no, I'm going to put you guys to work. I'm putting you guys to work. There's no Pinocchio nonsense going over mm -hmm. here. No Paradise Island. No, you got to get this done. Paradise, Pleasure Island. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Sir. Oh, she's back. Oh yeah, she had another scene. Uh, so there's two instead of just one. Yeah, that makes such a stock character. Every outfit isn't white. It, 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 she's there. She's a better 
she's a visual foil at the end of the day. She's attractive, mm-hmm. she's good looking, but there's no substance to the character. Total waste. Total waste at the end of the day. Well, when she was originally introduced, uh-oh. Oh, sweat. Wow. Mm-hmm. And why doesn't this sell? Because she's done nothing in the film that we feel that she poses yeah. any significant threat to these guys. Well, when you when she was introduced originally, she, you know, she shows that you know she takes out the X Men in like two seconds. And X Men. Yes, I remember that. I remember know, that. So it's an interesting. You know, when we first see her, we we're guessing she's going to be the villain. When she appears again. She really shows that she's a you know you know someone to be reckoned with, until she runs into Phoenix, and then we're like, oh, wow, now Phoenix is even far beyond what we thought. So she you know she should be up there with I mean in the comics, Sebastian Shaw and the White Queen are together, like they work together. Yeah, he's really upset that what happens in the end of her for the first story that takes out the White Queen. So it's like this is her you know her partner, not. Her, his sidekick and arm candy. His minion. You know, so... Not even arm candy. She's, you know, <laughs> like a minion. She's locked yeah. up. He doesn't even try to get her out. Yeah. Like, don't worry. You weren't that good of a minion anyway. I got this guy over here with the red tail. He's doing a much better job than you could ever hope for. And there's a, there's a points between um, Mystique and Xavier that aren't brother-sister. They're sort of like, we said, go out or something. Like, that moment right there is kind of weird. There's a, some weird stuff. It, when they were in the bar, the same thing. When Mystique is like, you know, I'm here. Why are you looking at this other blonde? We're both basically blondes. We're basic blondes. I don't know. I thought she was. Uh, I don't know. I think your point. I think your take on it would be better than mine. I just took it that you know, well, you're gonna you're gonna get another girl, another girl. <laughs> now I have to stop this. It would be like when my sister would say, Hey, look, okay, I know the stuff that you do. Please leave my friends alone. But don't more, don't go after any of my friends. But there's more nastiness to it. There's more, you know. Harsher comments with actual siblings where it's like saying, My brother's a total douche, even though she doesn't believe that. Oh, don't what you do you even like him? Get get away from him. He's nobody. You know, and it's like you're sitting there, you're working out, like I'm getting chicks all the time, and then she's like, get out, he's 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 a total D-bag. That's one thing my sister doesn't understand because she's a lot younger than me. She reacts like, Oh, we're supposed to love when it's to her advantage. You're supposed to just love him, like, look. You act like you act like you're acting. We can go stop talking for like you know. I'll say a couple months. I was gonna go say years, but that because me and my brother's gone through that. So a couple months you can go without talking to your sister. <laughs> the symbolism of that scene was great because if he had shot the bullet, <laughs> okay, Magneto's out of the picture because he can't stop oh, it. Oh, if he could, he can't stop Please. it at that point. Please take him out. Ugh. But it becomes okay. well. Think, think, think. For, for a second here, okay? Think of the Marvel films. He's supposed to have white hair. He's supposed to be bald. That's it. That's what's going on. Think we got the, digital effects. We can make them a This is one of the complaints hair. I've had of the Marvel films. But think of the Marvel films for a moment. Who's the best villain of the Marvel films? The one of the Marvel films? The Marvel films. Regardless if the person only lasted for one film or not. Best right, I got to go through some of them before I get to the one I feel is that. So Doctor Doom. Okay, not Doctor Doom. Hell no. Uh, who else we got? Uh, not Loki is a good one, but I don't know if Loki is the top. Because he that store actually wants to hang out with him. Who else do we got? Oh, man. Who's, I can't, who's the best villain besides Magneto in these films? Because he has soul. He's such a layered character. 
Who is it? Tell me. Red Skull. Red Skull doesn't win anything. In He's Captain America, away all the time. Okay, in the Captain good. America, the first Avenger. What do I like about him? He's a villain from start to finish. Mm-hmm. They and they had the door open enough. The door mm-hmm. was open enough where they could bring him back. They decided not to do that, but they didn't do with him what they've done with Magneto. Where Magneto becomes more likable than the good guy. Mm-hmm. Magneto becomes more relatable than the good guy. Magneto is cooler, you know, than the good guy. And then, uh, how? You know, any friction or animosity they're supposed mm-hmm. to have is just something because Magneto doesn't do what Charles Xavier wants him to do. Yeah. Every move that Magneto makes in the film is right. Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to hunt down these Nazis. And mm-hmm. yeah, they should pay the ultimate price. They should pay the ultimate price for what they did. You can't fault them for any of the actions that he, that he goes around and does. Mm-hmm. Xavier, okay, and... One of the problems, again, is that Magneto, to be honest, is more of a fully realized character here mm-hmm. than Xavier is at all. And so even by the time we get to the end of it, Xavier still isn't there. It's still the budding school. You know, he's still you know, yeah. feeling his way out. But there's nothing inspirational about him. He's still, look, this is, this is a kick. Yeah. You know, I'm do- this is a kick. Hey, let's work for the government. Let's get some mutants yeah. together. I got friends now. I got a whole gang. You mm-hmm. know, it's like Zoom. Yeah, this is wonderful. Whereas yeah. Magneto... At no point in this film has he stopped doing what it is that he wants. He's looking to get, he's looking to get Sebastian Shaw. Mm-hmm. He's looking to take these dudes out, and this is just a pit stop at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, the, one of the things that's going on here with the paneling, most of the time when they do, like in the Hulk, when they do the paneling and try to imitate comic books, they don't. You got to progress the story. There's no point in having multiple panels without progression. They have done the multi, you know, using the characters three panel thing. But you should always progress the story, and they're using it as a good transition to say all the stuff has happened. This is not, you know, it's not necessarily a montage, but they're just definitely speeding up the thing using the panel and saying a lot of time has passed. So I think the panels here work very well in this story. But I thought they, well, I thought they were trying. To needs to be working out instead of hanging out saying I'm a cute, I'm a babe. Okay, oh here well, she's working out right oh, now. Come on, you happy man. now? And what's the problem? Why can't she be cute? Because Magneto doesn't get to. Magneto comes and takes it away from her. Why you? I don't Here see what's go. the problem. Why this can't she be cute? Another problem. What's wrong with being cute? Look, she can be look. cute and work out. Here's a problem. What's the problem? Oh, I get it. Okay. Magneto I got it. I got is it. telling her to stay. Don't use you know her powers to hide how she looks. Yes, Magneto. And now he's he's more Xavier than Xavier. Yes. He's more open than Xavier. And in the comic books, when Ma- when um, Nightcrawler had the image image um, inducer. Cockrum basically gave what's the name um, Nightcrawl another power, so it wasn't necessarily hiding. He could he could turn invisible, and they got rid of the image inducers, like saying, "Hey, Nightcrawler has too many powers." So they got something close to um, Havoc's power, but we're getting to a point where this relationship is falling apart, where Havoc is having the stock scenes where I can't fix it, I can't fix it, and look at this, look at this. Come on. There's no scientist in the world that, like, unless you're a professor, every scientist becomes a professor from Gilligan's Island. The scene where Ginger is, like tries to say, this is what you do, and he's, she's kissing him and having him hold him down, and the next thing you know, he's like, how do I get her into this position? Just wait till Hank McCoy evolves, then he'll be a beast. Uh, here we go. We got Havoc. Bad costuming and all. It's going to get worse, everyone. The original outfits... 
aren't going to get the, done their justice. Until Deadpool. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I actually like this. No. This was the closest. Look. I, no. This, this, is the part of, uh, this is the part of me that's desperate to what get to the comic. He just felt up the mannequin. Because he's a scared of feeling up why Mystique. Why would he feel up the mannequin? Because Mystique is too much. why would you much. leave that in? Mystique is too much for him. Okay, he's like, no, this is real. I, I'm not used to all of this. I got to get back to my test tubes. Haha, -ha, test tubes. Freudian. <laughs> what are they all smiling about? Because he didn't kill them. He was like, they, they were standing there so he could try to control his powers and do it directly instead of blow up the whole room. Like, so hey, now I can use it directly. I've got this mannequin and she's flaming hot. Now they need to, I need to use your power because basically... You're infinitely powerful. And yeah. I should put some blocks because you know he's going to turn against you. Put what? some blocks in there so you, like, you can't, some fail say so Magneto doesn't turn on you like he keeps doing. Well, no, you're friends. I can't, can't. He's Xavier. He can't do we, that. We, we had, I stepped too far. We just over. had this nice, well, as you said, montage of scenes here. And what were the mo what's the montage supposed to show more than anything else? Not these guys developing their powers, mm -hmm. but how good of a teacher Xavier is. Do oh, we yeah. get that? Do we get that at the end of the day? The fact that he doesn't know what's going on, he should be able to know that. He should be able to know, uh-oh, what's he doing here? Oh, sweat. He's connecting to his mom. And let's be Lighten the menorah. <laughs> Lighten the menorah. Yeah, we picked the right one on Passover week. Yeah, okay. Here we go. I was going to say it. And again, what does that do? It makes this guy even more sympathetic. Uh-oh. Uh, just get it over with. Yeah, just kiss each other already. Get it over with. Well, that's another bit. Because, um, you know, the, the X-Men have a huge gay following. And they're they do? Homos. I was I was joking. No, they do? They when did do. that happen? Since the eighties. Are you serious? Well, once I don't know when it started, but at some point It's like when Prince had the gay following and then I didn't well at least well, that's he what he says I heard. in controversy that people wonder if I'm straight or if I'm gay. Because he's out there dancing and he's <laughs> over there dancing in panties. Of course people wonder. You <laughs> jump he was jumping around in, he's jumping around okay. in a G string and stockings. Of course people wonder what the hell was going on. Basically, at some point, well, they follow, because basically, you know, X-Men are a cult following. They're some of the people that feel excluded have, you know, the comic fans are the classic X-Men fans. We are, you know, sometimes when you don't have friends, the comic book characters can be the friends yeah. that you don't have. And that's what people connect to, and the same struggles of being alone relate to the, you know, the gay audience. And then Brian Singer, who has, uh, you know, there's nothing stated clear, but he has some connection to the gay audience, played this up and played up the HIV angle, too, of the fear, that fear of what we do in the 80s into the X-Men. So then, with, with that point... That is... Okay, that... What? One, it's news for me. All right, I didn't know well, I, I, I can go worse. What's the name Because I'm not, a, again, I, I'm more of a tangential... X-Men reader. I'm not a big X-Men reader, so that's not mm -hmm. information that I, I would be privy to. I can see Sing, I could definitely see Singer playing it up, but I didn't realize I didn't realize they had that big of a following. I didn't realize they had that big of a following from that demographic. Well, there's, there's that, and then of course I found out from Peter David from his um, what's the name? But I digress. His um commentary. But the other problem is that Peter David is going to play up all the stuff that we wouldn't 
necessarily think is you know, uh, you know sexual orientation. It's like, oh, see, the X-Men, they're homo superior. And it's like, no, <laughs> come on, you're going to the joke. Well, no, no, because that's Peter David. Well, Peter David has a great. Well, I, I think he's a great writer. I think he has a rapier wit, but he also has a rapier to like this. He also has a rapier okay wit to like writer. to stick it to stick it to guys that he doesn't necessarily uh, agree with or get along yeah. with. He can write for dates. I think Casada at one point uh, he was getting into some back and forth with Joe Casada, mm-hmm. and Joe Casada just yielded all the ground. He says, "No, he's like you're never going to be able. To, he's like you're going to write. You could write for five years." So he, we'll oh, just, wait, we'll we got a big. This is the worst. This. Has to be the worst. This is worse than Xavier being repulsed by Mystique. This is the Beast trying to now. In the comics, he's trying to you know deal you know deal with mutation and try to come up with a cure, and he tried it on himself. But he didn't hate. He didn't necessarily hate himself. He just hated the aspect of at some point that he did have this Beast nature, even though he abhors violence. And that never made a lot of sense to me because the only part of Beast that was abnormal, if you wanted to even say that, were, were his feet. That was it. So Beast looks like a regular his guy. Hands. His hands were just he big. He was a huge guy. He was just, so what? He was just big. You well, know, he was just big. Ultimately, when, oh, I guess it, it was it. Um, it wasn't, like he had, heart, it wasn't even like he had to wear special shoes to shape his toes or anything. No, he wore he, regular shoes yeah. and he just crushed his feet. They yes. Feet. He was fine. But then they were like, okay... There's always the mutant. If there had been a mutant who was really like challenged by their physical appearance, I could understand it a little bit better. But Beast, Beast looked just like everybody else. No, he did not. Come on, come on. What? Uh, mutant look. and proud. This is another do, do, problem. Do I have to go? Another problem. Mutant do I have to go and pause this and go get my X Men comics to show yeah. what this guy's feet looked like? They were fine. They would just look. He looked no, they like, were, no, they weren't misshapen. They were just huger. His hands and feet were bigger. Than normal. So say my hand is here, his hand is like the size is like this. Same with the feet. Feet is about twice the size of my foot. So then if you go back in time, well, you go back to where in the X-Men comics, they worried about him, you know, same with Angel having his, um, they won't stop. Sorry for the bells. But anyway, so now we have this terrible scene where Beast is like, doesn't want to be, he's like saying, he insults Mystique. He, why would you mess up? Even if you repulse, she be, can become anything she wants. Yes, it doesn't make any sense to be like. Why would you want to be like that? Well, it's not a smart scene, but it does show how poor this guy is in terms of his decision making. Mm-hmm. The girl is there in her robe. Yes, you're not supposed to turn. It's yeah. not, that's not how this is supposed to end yeah. up. You should not be leaving saying, "Hey, anything other than that." The robe is supposed to come off. And then mm-hmm. after the act is done, then you guys can have this argument. Yeah. All right. And, and she's like, what? She she threw herself at you, dude. She brought yeah. you freaking coffee. Oh, she she brought you coffee and then gave you like the whole. She she oh, uh, it's just a well. Well, it's a bad. That's the thing. And then this point right here. Now you're everyone likes Xavier. We do not like the X Men. Right. We do not like Xavier or the Beast anymore. And Beast was once the most like one of the most likable of the originals. You know, I mean, Cyclops is the one everyone connected to because that the one that most of the comic readers, that's who we are. But when we have Beast, it's a fun sort of character. You know, not the character that he was in in the Avengers. But that's one of the other weird things about going from Beast from the X-Men to the Avengers. Because when he, in the Avengers, he's not really a smart guy at all. All he does is chase after women yeah. and come back drunk or high. In the X-Men, he visits the X-Men for two seconds 
He's already the brains of the X-Men. He's building stuff. He's Cyclops' second command. And that's the thing that people miss when they read the comic books, is that Cyclops isn't really struggling as a leader of someone taking his leadership. He already knows that Beast and Angel are could be rivals for the leadership, but they follow him, you know, despite that. And at the same time, you know, when you go to... Um, you know, Cyclops is already bringing in Storm and Beast to also co be his co-captains. So that's one thing that you forget when you look at these comics and you decide, all right, let's give Beast this hang-up. And that was just to say, hey, we want to change the Beast. We don't, we don't want him to have all the old stuff that he used to have. And why did he have to stab it into his foot? Because of the effect. There's effect. You know, what's wrong with the vein in your arm? You know, why did he have to stab it into your foot? And well, in, in but the... see, well, hey, look, it worked. Well, if you remember in the comic book, it worked when he fixed himself and then he became. Uh, and look a, how a happy monster. he looks! Oh my God, my feet are so nice. Even though I can't run anymore, I'm not fast. I don't got none of the powers I used to have. And, oh my God, I'm changing again. It now, didn't work. And this is definitely movie magic right over here because it can't be that the he he injects himself and the foot goes normal. And he gets like a, a full day of it. You know, it's not gradual. It's got to happen. It's got to yeah. you know be. It can't be immediate. Yeah. Oh wow! Look. Oh my goodness. Wow. Man, I can't believe. Well, my disclaimer: as much as I'm, you know, taking a hard line on the film, I did enjoy it when I was in the theater. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was entertained. I don't know. I, I, I was all, I was so out, and I'm just for I'm just trying to leave the movie. I'm with a bunch of friends, and um. And you left. You didn't stay for the no, whole. No, I had to. I had to stay. I was stuck because I was with people, and this was a good scene. This was a good scene. And why was this a good scene? Because the real mystique comes back. Come on, Pete. Tell the truth. Five, four, three, two, one. Close up. Give us oh! a close up. She's back. Rebecca Roman. She came and she stole the whole movie. Yes. Oh. I'm hey, here with you. Just as good. <laughs> just I as mean good. the real Raven. Oh, what? What is oh. with these? I don't understand what's with these guys, though, man. It's like women show up. Women are throwing themselves. Yeah, at and the, they got a lot of back talk. And these guys are kind of like, well, <laughs> hey, no, that's all right. I'm scared of sex. You know, no, no thanks. No thanks. And Xavier doesn't know any of this stuff is going on. No, because she probably threw it at him too and he didn't want it. The way he's going yeah, about he it. he kind of was a-hole about that. Yeah, that's why she was upset. That's why she was uh, upset yeah. in, in the earlier film. Yeah, that would have to be it because... Obviously, the two of them have been together all this time. He probably never made a pass at her once. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. he didn't. She, she didn't want to be. She just adopted a pet. that. She adopted that form. Okay, she yeah. she's trying to look like what? What's supposed to be the pinnacle of beauty in the states? And he does not care whatsoever. Like, yep. And you have to remember when Mystique was in the comic book, she was already what? She was an enemy of Dazzler or something mm -hmm. like that. And or no, Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel, right, right, the enemy of Miss Marvel, Avengers and, Ten. And then the other problem is that. You got, um, you know, when she comes in the X-Men, she's the leader of the Brotherhood. She has no connection to... See, this... I can't even deal with this. Why? I don't understand. Why can't you deal with it? She's not naked, is she? It's just a point to say that, um, that Xavier got some hang-ups, like you were saying. And how does he come out of it? Of course, he has to, you know, he has to pay for it somehow. I don't know how he's going to pay for these mistakes that he's made. He's going to shoot him. <laughs> no, don't say that. They're watching the movie. You people have seen this already. No, what, what, if, they, if they haven't first seen it, 
Maybe they have, but anyway, they wouldn't put us on at the same time if they haven't already seen it. They're going. Why would you cut there? Why would you cut him. there? Why would you cut there? What what exactly was your problem? She was with walking the cut? off, and they cut before she leaves the scene. Because Rebecca it's not Romaine's about... would you would see the whole walk off because it's not about she was like say your personal gratification. Scene. This is it's not, not about, about your personal gratification. This is about art and oh texture and color and. Yeah, they shouldn't have cut the scene. <laughs> well, at this point now, because I'm revisiting the film, and there's really not much else. Oh, next, so another X. <laughs> oh, oh, this is really not much else. How many X Men are here? How many more scenes can we get How of them many standing around? Let's see here. We only see two X Men. Who? Professor Xavier and Havoc? No, Havoc and Banshee. Everyone else, they're not X Men. Professor Xavier is their mentor. He's not. And X-Men. Well, at least they got nice suits this time. No, they, the, the suits are terrible. They got the yellow. That's from the original. No, but they're not. Oh my they, what were the original All suits? Right, look yellow at this and part. black. This part is, the top is looking okay. Mm -hmm. Look what happens when you get to the, the belt area. It looks terrible. You know what the worst thing about this is? Magneto's on the team. Yes. He's not supposed oh, to Oh, look at him. Everybody has a cool Denzel Washington walk up to this thing. See, when we get to the pants like this is the problem. You know, it's like, oh, we don't put the, the yellow short trunks on here. We're going to mess it up. Look at Deadpool. Oh, God, this is so bad. It's so bad. They didn't think this up. And why does he still need the glasses? Just because it doesn't, none of it works. I don't think so. I think, I think Hank is who the hell he was until he decided to inject himself with a whole bunch of gobbledygook. Thank you. He's done better than mock you. He's cuckolded you. He took the girl. <laughs> okay, you were so busy over here wanting to inject yourself and turn yourself into fuzzy wuzzy over here. He took your girl. This is sort of the New Mutants outfits, you know. Well, the New Mutants outfits are supposed to be placed off the original X Men outfits. The, 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 they should have just had them in the costume, but I don't know. I don't. This uh, once you bring up the New Mutants, there's a whole lot of stuff that that goes into it. But, um, here we go. We got the Cuban Missile Crisis, the standoff, and the mutants are going to be right in the middle. But who else is going to be in the middle? We haven't seen him for a while. Sebastian Storm is going to show up again. He's still in the movie? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird that we've had this stretch where we haven't seen the villain in a while. And, you know. Because they spent all that time training. Yeah. Needlessly, because it's not going to really but do too much. But cut in some other Sebastian stuff so we don't forget that there's a villain in this movie. Now, this is, there's a lot of bad science in this one. Yeah. You saw the diamond breaking the unbreakable diamond with the bedpost. Well, one of the things that I thought that would have made this scene a little bit better, that there's almost no communication with the president. Yeah. Okay, and the, if you really want to sell the whole Cuban Missile Crisis, at least from my reading, mm -hmm. because Gorbachev, uh, this is not Gorbachev, this is Khrushchev. Khrushchev okay. and Kennedy meet. And the first time Khrushchev and Kennedy meet, Kennedy gets schooled. Okay, Khrushchev was like, okay, you know, this guy's no big deal. He doesn't have any respect for him. Mm -hmm. Then this comes down, and the whole idea, this is not too much different than what's going on right now uh, with, with uh, stuff that we have to deal with mm -hmm. with uh, North Korea. But Khrushchev is testing him. He's like, look, you know, can I get away with this? He doesn't necessarily want to fire the missiles. He's like, look, will this guy stand down and let me get more ground and encroach on him? And Kennedy had to say no. He's like, either you get him out of here, okay, 
Or we're going kablooey. That's what's going well, to happen. Well, that's the question. Should Kennedy have said that? How does he know that the Russians were going to back down? That's the question I put to you. If he... Would we even be here had the Russians not backed down? That's the important part of history. Well, we have to... I'm going to presume that like all presidents, Kennedy has his advisors. People yeah. are telling him, look, we could go this way or we could go this way. But the ultimate decision has to be him at yeah. the end of the day. Okay, so he trusts his gut and he's saying, no. Tough one. These guys are trying... <laughs> he's like, look, these guys are trying to test me. And he's like, look, on one hand, if they fire the missiles, then we're in this war. But if they don't fire the missiles and I give mm-hmm. in to them... These guys are going to come back again and try to yeah. get more, okay? I've got, you know, you're going to have to stand your ground on this come what may, and that's what happens here. Now, that is a great piece of history, and in itself, that's a great story. Mm-hmm. And instead, we get this. We get the mutants <laughs> fighting against each other. If they had tied to that a little bit more, and if somehow the Russian outfits looked a little bit <laughs> more real, they looked yeah. like... Uh, like, like, like the people would have shown up on Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Like yeah. they couldn't afford the budget. There we go. Gilligan's Island comes up a lot. Especially in comic books. It doesn't... I don't understand. Why don't their outfits look genuine? I'm, I mean, I'm not a big... I'm not someone who could identify a you know Russian uniform from the 1960s as opposed to a Russian uniform today. I'm not a military mm-hmm. person. But why don't they... What is it that, about them that just doesn't look authentic? What's going on here? Fire the missile. Didn't Xavier make him fire the missile? Xavier, no, wasn't that some... Xavier touched his head, and the missile, and the guy walked to touch the, to shoot the missile. You know, you might be right. Oh, he's stopping the Zazel. Wow, he cheated though. So okay, all right. So okay, that works. So yeah, Xavier was Xavier was wrong. <laughs> he was wrong. <laughs> okay, why was Xavier wrong? Can you can you explain no, that you quickly don't. for him? Because he shouldn't have. Once you fire a missile, the Americans are going to start firing. No. Why? Because he could have just taken over everybody's mind yeah, right now. Right. He could have stopped the whole boat. He could have taken over every single mind yeah, at that point, with the go. exception of one. So That's none of this one. needed to happen. That's... None of this. So no, Xavier, you're wrong. But what do they want to show? That Xavier is willing to make the hard choice. It's a the movie hard decision. you need action. You need some action, even though I think that would be an act of war. You don't know where the missile's going. And <laughs> Here's another X. There you go. And he doesn't have the helmet on. This would have been put up oh, oh, too late. Too yeah. late. Too late. Too but late. Rose Byrne is a hottie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. You gotta, I got to stay focused on the important part of the story. You got that right. Because there's not a lot of other stuff going on here. <laughs> and it just isn't. Oh. Well, we're in the home stretch. We're in the last act. Do we need sonar. Oh, yes, we do. Where we're going, we don't need sonar. We have Banshee. Oh my gosh. Professor Xavier needed to train and learn how to use his powers. Because basically, the Xavier we knew could have stopped everyone on both all the ships that are out there. And he had and the helmet off. And he had the helmet off. It would have been yeah. real simple. It would have been real simple just to reach out, possess everybody's mind, bring the ship up. See this it's scene here? See how bad the outfits look? Go back to Deadpool. Look at the X-Men character in that oh, outfit oh, she oh. had. That was an incredible translation of the original outfit. Oh, what was her name? Nega, Negasonic... Yeah. Warhead. Teenage Negasonic Warhead, something Here like that. Here we go. Got it. We got it. <laughs> Work together and we got it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. You understand what's happening now? He's becoming Sonar. He's going underwater. And he's using his sonic screen. 
Yep. Look what's going on. Come on, we know what this is all about. It's just a cool flying scene. That's oh all gosh. it is. It's just a cool... Fl- That's probably why I liked it. I just thought it's it was a cool... Scene, but look what he's doing. It's just a cool flying scene. He's going scene. underwater. Why did he go underwater? That's the problem with the scene. Because once he goes underwater, he can't they get back need... up. He found them using sonar. There we go. Okay, and I want to say something the women said when I've stayed at their legs for too long. Come up for air, boy! <laughs> come up for air! <laughs> Bitch, you come up for air! It well, hasn't been the first time someone has said that well, to me. Well, I guess Banshee's like you. He's not coming up for air. <laughs> He's like, no, it's pretty good down here. <laughs> it's like you, if you can see what I see, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh-oh. Um, what so, is so this? We're, we're totally gone now, right? We're, we're totally gone. <laughs> this this is, has happened another time. Every time we do these, no, but we're totally, we're totally gone. Uh, I, I realize, you know what? I don't. Have we done a commentary on a film that we actually both enjoyed? I don't think we've done that we yet. So, so we have to put that. We have to put that in there. But we're, we're totally gone. Cool shot, though. Not just in, he's had all of them. <laughs> you know, with the exception of Banshee flying for the movie. Hey, I didn't, I didn't pick out a Morris scene and, where she looks hot. And that's Michael that. Ironside, right? He's in the film. Yes. Totally wasted. Yeah. You know, to, totally wasted. January Jones, totally wasted. Professor Xavier's stuff, totally wasted. But we're, we're totally gone, not just in terms of us making commentary on the film, but the film, too. We're totally gone because now <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it's 1960s. Uh, 1960s, uh, you know, villain who wants to take over the world. Mm-hmm. Where out of nowhere he has this doomsday weapon. Like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah, we got the doomsday yeah, weapon. Yeah, that's here. the other thing. How did he get? Well, I guess he he's had, he's amassed riches from you know the Reich and all that stuff. Yeah, maybe. now he can do thanks to but, Xavier. This would be a really cool scene because this was something that Magneto was trying to do earlier on. Yes, and he didn't have the ability. It wasn't that he didn't have the ability. He didn't know how to do it. He didn't know how to maximize his power, get you know his mind where he needed to be in order to do certain things. This should be a great connection if he actually did some training with Charles as opposed to it being that blip moment where, hey, I yeah. see a light in a menorah. Now you can move the satellite. Yeah. It, didn't, it just didn't happen, unfortunately. I say again, where is where's Banshee? Where's Banshee? Has Banshee has he breathed? I mean, the Maybe power- he's on the ship. The powers don't need air. He doesn't need air to use his powers. I, 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 I. What's don't going know. on? Wow. Do they have to move that slow? And this, this. I mean, bad come acting. on. You, you would think at this point, hey, if Mike, he. Michael Ironside's like a, a, a extra. Yeah. Overacting in this scene. At this point, right here. Why does oh, he no. have to? Why does the speed of Typhoon. the sh- why does the speed of the ship have to match him holding on to the submarine? He could just fling it to land if he wants to, yeah. but that's Magneto from the comic. Yeah, All right. and it's such a big difference being a comic reader and then seeing what they do in these films because in the comic this is nothing for Magneto. Yeah. Okay, this would be like flicking a, a Fruit Loop across oh. a table. There, there is nothing that you know. Th- this would never be anything that would keep him from. Everybody on that thing is dead now. Like, how do you prepare for? And has Storm ever done anything this powerful in the, in in any of the movies? Uh, Apocalypse, maybe that was the only one where she. You but even what, even in that one, she had her powers amped up. I think she was just there. She you know she was just there because Storm is on the team and Storm is one of the popular ones. She's just there. Lord. Mm. Oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on here. It's the Matrix. Wow, I don't understand how people. 
Well, okay. Magneto, if he's using his power to hold them down so they don't get any sort of shock or whatever, maybe. But the same thing... What do you mean? He could have stopped that whole thing. He could have just yeah, held the ship he in air. He could have done. He just did it with the other thing, but he can't do it now. They could have used the money. They could have worked together again. Eh. But they've shown the it, armies that it's not their fault of this crisis. It was actually Sebastian Shaw. Uh, the other problem, well, and this is a problem I've had because they ref- they're scared of the comic book stuff. Because this right over here looks magnificent inside of a film. If you have no idea what these guys can do in the terms of a comic book. In a comic book, this is lightweight. This is lightweight. And again, this is why this is not Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian Shaw is not about doing this stuff. He's not the megalomaniac uh, <laughs> mad scientist who wants to well, control the world or destroy it, which is what we're getting right here. That's well, not Sebastian Shaw. I'm also gonna re- That's not even Lex Luthor. I'm going to also retract, because I'm going to retract that joke I made, because Sebastian Shaw is based on the actor Robert Shaw, who was in Jaws, right? Where's so Banshee? That- He's really gone. <laughs> yes, see? But then you, oh, come on, I can't stand the Zazel, or whatever, yeah. But, you know, it's based on a cool character. What's going on? What's going on? How can they survive now? You gotta, you go, we're gonna go together? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, he saved them. Why didn't he teleport them back to the beach? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You know, he, he, you still they have the two... They finally stopped Typhoon. Sorry. They finally stopped Typhoon. Thank goodness. He, what's, what's going on? You're still fighting the two of them. You would think you want to get back to the beach where you still have some backup. But, you know, these guys, are they have better training. Lord. Now, what, what are the Yanks going to do? They know which side these guys are on. What are they going to do? So what, all the energy's just gone? He's been absorbing it for at least 10, 15 minutes now. Uh-oh. She's already ready to, to be evil. She's a team player. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he knew right when to come out. I forgot she I didn't realize his powers. I did not realize his. I, I thought if he went down into the water, he was not going to be able to get back out of there. Yeah. And he was down there that long for what reason? Yeah, they did. Uh, they just forgot. No, they didn't forget. That was supposed to be okay. Now he comes back. <laughs> and it's supposed to be this big, cool movie because. You people are not thinking. Well, they wanted to see if anyone, they probably tested it and said, did anyone complain about it? Did anyone complain? Did anyone complain? And us comic book nuts that need some some sort of logic to some of this stuff. Yes, Not yes. just to suspend disbelief all the time. See, regular people don't get it. When you have read these comics <laughs> as long as we have, you have questions. Yeah. Because you, they're serials. Okay? You read every month and these stories are put together and you remember them. The mm-hmm. average comic book reader has a, almost an encyclopedic... Me- no, no, not, let me not say the average comic reader. Okay, but the long-time guys have encyclopedic memories where they can remember panels on a yeah. page of yeah. exactly what was said. And so when something contradicts that, it's like, okay, well, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. And they spend years trying to make these stories as well-woven as possible so we don't get upset and say, hey, no, you totally chumped it. What do you mean Spider-Man's a clone? 
then you get to the films, and a lot of it. Look, it's a, at this point we've been in here. What we, we're going on two hours. I didn't realize this was a two-hour film. It is a two-hour two tour. I did not. It goes back to Gilligan's Island. I did not realize. I thought this was like an Island. hour and a half. It's only yeah. two comments sending on it. You know, doing the commentary on it now. They're like, "What? Oh okay. no, his wing." You understand that the wings are there just to glide, right? <laughs> it's not. He can. The scream is still there. He's done it without the the, the gliding. And for some strange reason, I'm going to jump off topic again. Spider-Man is going to have the same gliders in his movie. They're going to give him the webbing? You, didn't you see the trailer? No. Oh, God. I have not been... And he, I, have been it's like I haven't been avoiding trailers. No. I just haven't you seen them. You should, though. No. Don't, whatever, don't go and look at the latest Spider-Man trailer. Because it but gives the, away too much of the movie. But those things never worked as gliders. That was just more of a... Yeah, you know, decorative. decorative. Yeah. And he does this, and it, but Tony Stark made it. Finally, someone's beating the hell out of a Magneto. There was another X. Did you see that X? Kind of <laughs> over there. You're batting a thousand feet. <laughs> oh, no. What, he clipped the wing? Yeah. It doesn't matter. She just, it just becomes a tattoo on the back. And then... uh, but right over here, okay, is as stock character as this is descended into mm-hmm. with the anti-hero and the villain and you know and the bad guy it still works better it still works better than almost all the other sequences we had with you know Magneto and Charles Xavier because at the very least we understand yeah. what the history is between these two guys wow Zazel is still getting on my nerves why don't you just knock him out beast ugh We don't know what's going to happen. What the hell's going on? Why did he say Azazel? Why did he stop him from... Oh, okay. I missed it. (laughs) You didn't realize? I didn't realize. Yeah. I think I fooled in the movie, too. Wow. I was just happy that Magneto got beat up. Because he really (laughs) needed to get a... uh, He's been too cool. Yeah, he's been too cool the whole film. You know? But then, of course, we know... We have we know what's gonna happen. We can see it. Again, yep. it works. Yep. All this right here works based on that. In the the scene that they had together earlier on Crazy. in the film, you saying like, this works because of the this works? Scene? No, no, this works better than okay. what we've seen between him and Charles Xavier. Okay, when he's about to go and betray Charles, that sort of thing, it doesn't work. You know, he's like. Eric, no! Eric, no! That scene right over there works. Okay, it's believable to a certain extent because of what we had. Then it ends right here when Xavier doesn't stop this douchebag. Stop him! You know what he's doing. Hmm. Why? Why would he let him put it on? Mind you, he could have still stopped him. Yes. He didn't have to... What did he do? He did not have to stop Magneto. He could have just possessed Sebastian Shaw. He would have been able to get through it. But he doesn't. Oh my gosh! Now what's he gonna do to him? Use the pen, the the penny. The uh, what is that? The quarter. Uh, yeah, the mark. It's a Deutschmark, right? You would know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that scene between this, all of this right over here, works a lot better than 
everything that they did with Charles. They're trying to do the whole buddy thing between mm-hmm. Charles and Magneto, show them where the falling out happens, where they end up separating. This works better, and they only had this. There are only two, really three scenes with the two of them together. One, he sneaks on the ship, but that earlier scene with him as a kid, where we understand, okay, he killed his mom, okay, rage and everything of that nature. And then we come over here and we get to see it tie up, tie again with that coin that he's kept for what the last thirty years in, in order to put it through his head. And then we already had the foreshadowing of it when he, he sends the coin to the wall to, to go with the picture. With any sort of and it's a cool move. Any sort of pressure would, you know, start his power working. Because that pressure would then he would absorb it. I can't. I, I don't know. That's the thing. If he gets hit with a bullet, he would absorb that pressure. I don't know. And this other bit that Chris, one of Chris Claremont's favorite bits of, if someone dies, Xavier can feel it if he's in there. The whole reason and the whole reason why Sebastian Shaw was frozen like that was because of Xavier. All Xavier had to do was say, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, this, that's another good You point. know, he could have just like, okay, no, let the guy fight a little bit. He knows, no, I'm not going to yeah. let this happen. And instead, the yeah. moment we're supposed to be given is... Uh, it's such a cheap moment, well, too, at the end of the day. at the other point, to let such a loose cannon free, Xavier is, is like, threatening the entire world. Yes. So he can't yes. just try to talk Magneto into doing one thing or the other. You know, he's let this loose cannon out. It's a cheap moment, because what is it supposed to be? It's a po- this is supposed to be where the, the line is, where the line of demarcation yes. is between Magneto and Charles Xavier, but it doesn't work because Charles Xavier allows it to happen. The same yeah. way he allows all of this to happen, yeah. you could have possessed everyone and just shut them down. And this was one of the problems. That, that's why they got rid of him in the, in the comics as well, because everyone... Uh, Chris Claremont gets rid of him because... He didn't like him. Yeah. But the problem that most of the writers had was that, well, look, couldn't Xavier just shut all this down anytime he wants to? Just possess everyone? Yes. Yes. And well, then, they, then he spends involved. five years with the Shi'ar. Well, the other thing is that um, Chris Claremont put himself in a position where he gave Xavier the legs back. And by maybe 10, 20, 10, 15 issues, he realized that Xavier at this strength basically should be basically better than the Avengers. So then, of course, he had Xavier injured, and then Xavier has to be healed again, and gets all the crappy Shi'ar stuff. And then it's like, you know what? He's also looking at the other comic books, where Odin's got, they got rid of Odin, Odin is hidden for a while, a bunch of other, like, father figures are gone yeah, at that period. Odin is in a, Odin's not a regular player in, but, in the Thor stories. He, but it, it, you can take Odin out for a he's year. He's just like saying, I don't need two mentors. I have Magneto. I got Magneto. I want Magneto to be the leader of the, you know, training the new mutants. I got the guy I want. Let's just get rid of Xavier. And then they have even an emotional moment where Xavier should be having that with Cyclops, saying, Cyclops, you know, take care of the X-Men. But he doesn't want Cyclops, and he wants Storm. He wants powerless Storm. Yeah. Well, in the immortal words of Chris Claremont, Hey, John, have I got a story for you? (laughs) Yeah, so then this would make sense. They should send the missiles because the mutants are pretty bad. Magneto is terrible, but of course there's one fatal flaw. Xavier has given Magneto his ultimate power. And we get this nice sort of Matrix moment with these missiles. You notice how all the missiles shut off? They're just hanging there, okay? There's no more... 
you know, there's, no, there's nothing propelling them any further. Yeah. That should be the end of it. And then, of course, he's going to turn them around to, to fire them back. So I was like, how did he reignite them? It should be done, right? Well, he has to use his power to go all the way, even though they, they, just, they just bent when they, the graphics guy shouldn't allow those things to bend. Yeah, we don't care, Charles. <laughs> so then the, the crisis wasn't averted. Um, stop it. Mm. So, you know, we're running out of steam on this one. Sorry, guys. No, we ran out of steam a while ago. <laughs> we, we've done our best to, to keep it going, but hey, it's just not there. Why don't you go, whatever, is everyone stopped? Yes. Take over Azazel and teleport and take the helmet off. Nice. Xavier saves the day. Why can't... What, come on. Send back. All the X-Men knocked away. Except one. <laughs> what is going on? Why is Xavier just all knocked out of the fight? This other thing is that Xavier, Xavier standing... No, Xavier can't fight. The whole point in the first story when it shows origin, can't fight he here. basically was the peak, the top athlete in his, you know, at his high school. Nice, nice. Oh, more. Why would you do that? Did well, it have to hit him in the back though? Could have just shot him in the ass. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Who did, and who was he fighting in the comic again? It wasn't the Psycho Pirate, because that's DC. Are you talking about them? Um, Amar Broke. The Shadow King. Right, the Shadow King. That's why that storyline works better. Because this just seems random and no, stupid. You're talking about, oh, you're talking, no, you're talking about, um, what's the name? Lucifer. When he fights the alien Lucifer. Like Lucifer. And that's, but that's the reason. And then, what was the whole story? Because part of the whole story was that he wasn't really paralyzed, but he like put this mental block in his brain so he wouldn't be able to walk again or no, something. that's not the story. Or was that some retcon that Claremont did? I don't think Claremont did that. Someone afterwards. Come on, you can't do this, Demora. She's the, she's the best. She's the only reason why I'm still here in this movie. Pretty much. And wh where does this come from now? Why is he so? What what is the connection between the two of them other than they're supposed to be this connected? Was in, this is the Claremont moment when Xavier. But there's been no build up towards it. They love each other. There's been no there's build. Love, there's been no a love stronger than any marriage. Where, what's the build? Oh, good lord! Good lord! But what's the build up? What, what was the scene that the two of these guys shared that they we should get this? Chess. They hung out. They went into. They went to Russia, and then they they went to the strip club. So this isn't actually that's, that's wedding crashes. <laughs> there was no scene. There I was, think that's a lot of scenes where they really bonded. There, and no, the thing about there's the no family, scene, there's no the scene family, that we should get this. His mind. There's no scene where we should get this right here. No scene. This is so. Hey, here you go. Come on, lady. You can have him. He's done. And the X Men still stand. Everyone's standing around. I did not realize this movie was as you long. You asked for it. I did not realize You it. asked for this. I thought this was 19 minutes. <laughs> this is what I have to go through at work. You hear all the things. Sorry, guys. They just keep contacting and fighting. And then 
They probably trying to goad me at the same time. So well, sorry for the things. It's my fault. It's really bad when you start commenting on the time. <laughs> no, but I thought this was a 19 minute movie. We got to a certain point. And I was like, this isn't over yet. It's like, no. why did it seem to flow a lot better? It flowed a lot better in the theater because I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> Wait a second, dummy. Look, dummy. The guy who's supposedly your brother is laying half dead. And, and whatever. He's got a girl. I need a dude. I understand you, dummy. Come here, <laughs> you big dummy. Oh, that's great. Yeah, she's going to say one last goodbye and she's out. Wait a second. You mean that she's not going to... Oh. Eh. Oh, come on. These are some weird promises. This is some weird... Xavier reads people's minds. He always does. It happens. He's a telepath. Yeah, it's like Doesn't Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes always does what? You know, he tells you what you've been eating for breakfast and what you're <laughs> going to do later on in the day because of his powers of observation. It's just natural. He doesn't mean anything by it. Yeah, he doesn't use it again. And he never, probes, he never probes that deeply. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Say it loud. I'm muted and proud. <laughs> Say it out loud. Look, there's only three X Men now. And they're old men, thank goodness. Oh, sorry. Did I say it out loud? We finally got rid of those chicks. Mm. Because you're paralyzed, Charles. That's what happens in the comics. It just happened better. Okay, yeah. so, wow. This is, this is how it ended? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Scene, there's, right? there's, there's more. We're in for a treat. There's more. What? No, no, I just mean it's not over. Oh. You know, that's it. It's not over. Why, man, now I'm thinking about it. Why did this film work? What was work. what was I entertained by? Were, I don't know. What was I entertained by when I saw this in the theaters? There is coolest man on the planet. Even Elijah Muhammad was like, you know, it was upset. But that's how much this man affected. Us. I, I I do remember that. <laughs> X came out said what he said, and he was like, "Didn't I tell you not to say anything? The country loved this dude." We got an X going on. Look at that X. You've, you've spotted all the X's. <laughs> if there were four X's in this film, you spotted all of them. You got it. Why is she pushing him if, he had, if it's all remote controlled? Because she's going to leave, right? So how's he getting around without, without her? Mm. Wasted. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a sad end to this movie. When I was there, I had, you know, felt... Uh, they got me again. I'm in a new, another X Men movie. It's. I'm, I'm really trying to understand what was it that I enjoyed about this film when I saw it. It wasn't Last Stand. Last Stand was god awful. Okay, we will not sit and do any commentary for Last Stand. That's not going to happen. But I'm still trying to remember what was it about this film. I, I guess the pacing was good and mm. the entertainment value was the the entertainment mm. value was there. Uh-oh. I like the actors. Is this a Superman 2 moment? What? It is a Superman, Superman 2 moment. Oh, well. 
Well, see, you don't have Superman 2 to kick around anymore. <laughs> All right, everybody's always giving Superman grief for it. Work for Superman, work for Charles Xavier, get over it. Well, this is also brings in another problem with the, with the story. Is that we lose more in the next film, right? She's not in the next film. Well, we lose her for one film. Yeah. We lose her for one film and then she's back. Though it feels like we lost her for a much longer than one film. Oh no, Magneto frees her? Didn't he just try to kill her? What was with the setup? Where her just laying down? Oh, you know what? Why am I thinking about this? The film's almost over. And her clothes keep changing into Diamond too. But I have this nice outfit and I'm the coolest guy on the planet. That's right. Look at the, look at the, look at the burgundy. Come with Fassbender and ride on the Malavian Fountain. <laughs> I'm really trying my best to hate this dude, but he's just so cool. <laughs> I know. I hated him the entire movie. I was sorry. I stayed an X-Men fan. You're a better man than me. You're just, it's I'm just saying, I, when I read the combos, I think it's the annual 11, which... Um, Who's it? Um, Art Adams drew and Magneto is without the helmet fighting the X-Men in a training exercise and they're not able to catch him. And he says, most, what does he say? Um, most disappointing X-Men, let's try again. And I was like saying, none of this stuff works. This is just because Magneto's cool. None of the stuff with him being a Holocaust survivor works. No. He's just a cool character. We that's think it. He's cool and that's why people accept him becoming a hero. So. Uh. You well, know, I think this one they didn't do an extra feature thing. I think it just has all this, you know, the usual spend your money on their credits. No this. after credits? I don't think there's an after credits. They didn't they were going to make another movie. That's good. That's you know, good. So. so we can wrap. Okay. Hey. If you watch this movie again, which I doubt that you are, we have a commentary for it. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it, it works best if you actually have the movie on at the same time because we, we have some digressions over here yeah. as the movie is just not something to sustain our attention long term. And, uh, and if you lose attention, we also point out all the hottie moments in the movie. So that's right. That's a good point. We don't miss any of those moments. <laughs> okay, we do right by that. So that we do you proud on. Well, hey, Calvin L is here. And Petey, P-Money, any name that um, Big Ben's mm -hmm. coming for me, that I'm right here. All right, and uh, Spinarak commentary on X-Men First Class. We saw, we came, we did the best that we could. Yeah. We and will wait a second, but what is this graphic supposed to be? What is this setup supposed to be doing? This is old school 60s. Yeah, oh, circuitry. Oh, circuitry. Circuitry, okay. It was looking like they were trying to do molecular stuff, and yeah. then it's just like, okay, here's DNA, right? That's the DNA stuff. Well, we thought we were done, but we're gonna. <laughs> first, no, first class is also a comic. The last thing would be the, the first class was a comic book that threw away all of the original X Men history, and this one's doing just the same. Spin a rack out. Later. <laughs>